and welcome everybody to the Saints and Cosmo Cast. We're back after a after a week um after a two week um, vacation here, even though we should have not taken it, but we'll get to that in a little bit. I am your host Ramses, and of course I got here Comrade Furry. That's me. We're gonna start putting on a shirt eventually. <laughs> that would be me. Yes. Yes, your face not like that. It's me. And also yeah. here, of course, is we got Bankas. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Another thing we're gonna have to put on the shirt eventually. Yeah, we got we got to start figuring we got to start figuring our tag our our phrases and taglines so we can start monetizing all this. So you guys you guys gotta start so you gotta start like saying stuff like waka waka or something like that. <laughs> oh, oh, well, can I mean, you? Def- What's up? We could we could definitely monetize the KRF Daddy approved. <laughs> I've been. I'll, I'll see. How I can. I'll see. How I can try to make a more. I'll try to see a more cleaner version of that, and let's see what we can do with that. That that would be something interesting. But that's an evergreen thing because, like, we can, that's also something we can, we can use also on, on like, you know, on, on Sailor Moon says as well. But again, that's like that's something we can discuss much later. <laughs> that's something we can discuss, like, you know, that, that, like monetizing stuff and like putting things on, on, putting things on, on Bumper Sticker. That's like way later. That, that's after first things first. We still, we still need to get an audience. That's the thing. We need to get we need to get an audience. That's what that's what we first. But regardless, let's start, we have to start with some um, housekeeping, as I always like to do in the beginning of these episodes. First of all, if this is your first episode watching us, uh, first episode listening to us, we are a podcast dedicated to the world of Saint Seiya. We will do this every two weeks. We are, we are the first English-speaking podcast dedicated to the world of Saint Seiya because we've had, there's a lot of podcasts to Saint Seiya, but they're all in multiple languages, mainly in Portuguese and Spanish. But we're the first ones to tackle this subject head on in English. I know it's like a really obscure thing, but we figured like like I figured like look, if no one's gonna do it, who will? And this is where we are today. Um, and the reason being is like we actually got well, we were actually made into a, a very illustrious list recently about like um podcasts about mangas from a uh, from, from from a blogger recently. And like um, let me see, let me get that information really quick. Well, there were a bunch of other ones, like some of like some of other companions that were on that list were stuff like um like the manga Mavericks, who we've we've had on the show a couple of times as well, and a couple of new other podcasts as well, like stuff like you know the manga Melee, and a couple other podcasts from other like more specific series. Oh, the manga critic that is her name. She 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 does stuff she does stuff for mangashelf.com, and you're you're part of a list of like so many other podcasts dedicated to like different series in general or stuff discussing manga itself so if this is your first time listening to the show from that list you know hey you know congrats like you know we welcome welcome everybody you know we really appreciate your time to check us out and you know hey if you like what you're listening feel free to share this podcast leave up leave a review on the podcast um you know leave a leave like you know a rating on the podcast like a, preferably a five star or a ten star or whatever star rating you you use on your website and you know, comment and say something about it because, like, those things help. You know, those things help get us out of algorithm hell. And algorithm hell is where I, where we currently are. But you know, I'm confident that with the, like, you know, this kind of attention, we can continue doing that. Now, with all that said, I I'm sorry for not posting and having a show last uh, last time, like la- last couple of weeks, because I had computer issues. I was trying to up- upgrade my computer, and one thing led to another. While while I was upgrading it and it just led to the computer just like not working anymore so i had to wait for a new computer for to come in um i did get some generous donations from the community for um, both on both sides of the podcast of my of my podcasting so for, for the sake of disclosure i am not going to review who did 
but I well, we did get we did get a lot of, of help from from the community regardless. So it's like that's the, and like I said, it wasn't that like it wasn't that much, but at the same time too, it, that that much did go a long way to get this set. So like I said I apologize, and you know, but it also gave us time to like recharge and rethink a lot of like a lot of things going forward. So um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully you spent your um, your 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 um, time off wisely. Hopefully, um, hopefully you was. <laughs> Hopefully you hopefully you guys got some sleep, you know, like recharge. You looked at you, you know, you 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 went outside. Hopefully it was not like right. <laughs> sorry, everything's so funny. I know. I'm. I sorry. did none of those things. I did none of those things. <laughs> I didn't sleep. Oh dear God! I never sleep. Yeah, I go until my body stops stops working, and then I get up when it's like okay, that's enough. Oh, that is horrible. I used to do that, but as as older I get, like I need that sleep like vastly. But regardless, like I said, like um, like I'm not, I don't, I, I don't, I don't speak for Carter Frey or for Ben Costa because I'm pretty sure they all did something. They, they all did something. They all did something interesting in the in the, in the meantime. But like I said, we're gonna try to be, we're trying to try to be as consistent as possible. Um, so yeah, just wanted to start off with that. So, but um, we also have, because of that, we also have a, a backlog of news that we need to discuss. A lot of news. That we need to go through here. So first things first, let's start off with let's start off with the silly stuff first. Let's let's so let's start with the, the the silly shit. Like you know, because I think like I think the the silly shit is what like is I think this is like the most silliest and like this is like what happens when you don't have somebody in chat. Uh, sometime what was it like two weeks ago, Benkos? Um, yeah, I think it was like two or three weeks ago. I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was sometime in in during that period that we didn't uh, post uh, an episode. So yeah, during that time, someone at Toy of I believe um, South America, um, they posted they posted some they posted something about Lost Canvas, and obviously they were using images from the, the anime, which caused a lot of stir from the community. Everyone was like, everyone started screaming, "Oh my god, are they gonna do more about Lost Canvas and this and that?" Blah blah blah. But reconfirmed? No. <laughs> oh no. Oh god. <laughs> Oh god! If the, like if we knew that if that was like their big if that was something if they did that yeah it would be great but at the same time too no it wasn't but oh man it caused a huge 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 like problem in, on social media that, that day because you had one site like they were saying stuff like oh my god is it, is this, is toy kind of take over is and that blah 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 and you got like the cynical people like oh my god what are you doing why are you posting this this and that and we don't know what happened but I'm pretty sure someone got fired that day. Most likely, most <laughs> likely. So I mean, I, I like you're more. You had your ear more into into it than I. Like I, unless I like to be honest, I saw the post and I was like, hey, I, I thought there. Were, I thought it was just cross. I thought it was like cross promotion synergy because they both had Saint Seiya. I thought they. I thought they allowed it because like they're like I know TMS is really cool about these types of things from time to time. They're like, okay, cool. If, like if one thing's made by one person and like they want to cross promote with the other, we'll 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 allow that kind of cross promotion. I thought it was one of those types of issues, but. Now that now that I'm hearing that it wasn't, um, I that, that is that's a very different discussion altogether. But, um, Benkos, you, you, since you had a little bit more of your ear on on the situation, what, what were your thoughts on this? I laughed pretty hard that day. At first, I was like everybody I was like, "Huh? Wow, this is interesting. I wonder why." I'm gonna wait and see what happens. And then they erased the post, and I was like, "Ah, so they they screwed up." And I just had a good laugh, and I was just uh, laughing uh, seeing the world burn that day. <laughs> a yeah, little bit, of, a little bit of context for those of you that may not know what the hell we're talking about. As you know, one of the spin-offs, arguably the most famous famous spin-off of Saint Seiya, uh, 
uh, is the Saints of the Lost Canvas, which is an alternate story of the previous holy war against Hades in the 18th century, uh, written and illustrated by um, uh, Shiorita Shirogi. The, the series spawned uh, an animated series uh, that lasted for two seasons. That was never officially cancelled, but did not continue production after the second season. And uh, while no official statement has been given as to why, uh, the, the reason uh, most likely points to low sales in Japan. So uh, a third season is something that fans of The Lost Canvas particularly have been uh, wanting for years and asking for. Now, here's the thing. The whole issue about this debacle arises on, on one aspect. It, the Lost Canvas was not animated by Toy Animation. It was animated by another studio, TMS. Yes. And TMS, st- to TMS, who those don't know, are guys who work on stuff like Lupin the Third and, and other sub-series as well. Exactly. And to this day, they still hold the rights. So when, to, when the, the Twitter page, Twitter account of Toy Animation Latin America posted a, a tweet that has been erased, but, you know, on the internet, once something gets posted, <laughs> it stays there forever. It said, uh, Hades is preparing for, against, for the Holy War and has recruited the Silver Saints. Be a witness at this, uh, of this outcome. And then the uh, hashtag uh, Saint Seiya, well, it says Knights of the Zodiac in Spanish. Knights of the Zodiac, the Lost Canvas. And everybody was like, what the fuck does this mean? Does this mean that Toei now has the rights? Does this mean that uh, somehow they made a deal? Does this imply, and obviously the the conclusion that a lot of people jumped to immediately, does this mean that we're going to get a third season? No, somebody just screwed that, <laughs> screwed over that day. Yeah, no, 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 no one said anything from no one said no, no one. It's a, it's a right hand not talking to the left hand, and and no one's really and no one just really paid attention to it, unfortunately. Yeah, so it's like until said otherwise, until said otherwise by, by, by an official account, which you know I shouldn't be saying that either because an official account did say something, and it, well, what do you mean? It's like if we don't hear it officially from like from like a press conference or something like that, then take whatever take whatever you hear as from a grain of salt. So. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure too, Kamarai Free. I'm pretty sure it's like you know, it's, you do your own thing, you, you do your own vibe, and you that's fine. But like, you know, I'm pretty sure you, you that that flew by you. So it's like, you know, if, if you did you catch any of it from, from your end? No, okay, I, I this was beyond my scope. Yeah, I figured that's why I figured it's like, you know, I figured I figured I figured I just asked just, just to make sure, make sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, just like. It's it's a weird thing. To, it's a weird thing to be like. It's on one hand, it's so weird to say like you know, you know, wait for an official wait for an official thing to happen. But this is from an official account, so it's like it's it's so weird for me to be like I don't know what to say at this point, other than like you know, check before you do anything, and like don't jump to conclusions. Like always, well, wait till like the complete make- thing is already out. Don't take Twitter as a news source. Like that's everybody's first problem. That is true. That is absolutely true. Tweets as an official like, don't take tweets as an official source of your news. Yeah, it's like if like I said, like that's why. What's up? I was gonna say, think of a certain president who we're not gonna name by name here that made all kinds of declarations on Twitter that were not true Uh and never came to be and, and never happened. Like Twitter is not a news site. Twitter, you can literally go online and put anything you want on Twitter. I can go on there and claim to be the re- reincarnation of Jesus if I wanted to. I'm not going to because that's psychotic and I'm only a sociopath. I'm not a psychopath. 
Those are two but different just, things. Like, people, yeah, people, they are. Very, they're very different. Yeah, but people need to stop getting all their news from from on from like social media, like not even just Twitter, but like any social media. I have family members that that read something on Facebook and think it's true, and I'm oh goodness, is this you know? Think, it's have... just it, yes, I I understand that this was from an official Twitter, but also like it's probably like a really young underpaid intern that runs that twitter again so. I, I think it was i think it was a problem i think it was like cross wires no one was saying anything like because like i'm pretty sure i'm very sure this is what, like i said this is what happened i'm pretty sure toy and toy and tms have some sort of working agreement to promote things because i think like for a while it was they were kind of hands off to the point where when lost canvas aired in in mexico and was actually in mexico like actually in production at first in mexico they couldn't call it. They could technically. They couldn't technically call it Knights of the Zodiac, or Los Caballeros del Zodiaco, at the very at the at the very start of it. But instead, I think they called it Los Guerreros del Zodiaco. They called it the Warriors yeah. of Zodiac at first because I was like, eh, "That's a copyrighted name by Toy. We can't really use that." So I'm pretty sure, like, they they worked something out, and now they can call the series properly as it would be called in Spanish. Not what? yet, because the, the the rights still belong to like the the name Knights of the Zodiac or Los Caballeros del Zodiaco still belongs to Toei. That's why it, it's still it, when the DVDs and the Blu-rays were launched, it, it still holds the the Los Guerreros del Zodiaco, the, the Warriors of the Zodiac. That's why it's like that different name. Toei, like they don't share the rights at all for that property. Yeah, and you should know this by now too. For you, it's like how Toei is very uh, draconic with their with their with their ways of like working. Like working relationship with like getting rights and stuff like that. It's like pulling teeth. No, no. From the set, like Tony. Yeah, the infamous no. toy that like that has worked very closely with all their with all their Sailor Moon partners. Yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine them being unreasonable in any way. <laughs> we're, we're we're being like like me and Carrie, you know with the you know with the pain firsthand of like how toy is like very draconic with their with their licensing sometimes yeah it's not just it's not just latin america that gets that front from toy i think it's basically everywhere not japan yeah and sometimes yeah. Japan. yeah from what i've heard dealing with them is very difficult and it sucks because they they've got like so many amazing franchises and properties yeah and we host two of them and yeah and then you have we have to like literally fight tooth and nail to get anything like to give them our money <laughs> yeah so it's like it's like it's like pulling teeth it's just like some some things some things are easier than others it's like you know when it comes to like when it comes to saint sale or or in, or in Sailor moon's case like it's a lot easier but at the same time too it's like the other franchises they make it's like i want to support it but you're making it kind of difficult at the same time too i think the only one that has a lot of leeway is if your name is dragon ball because like yeah, that's, so. that's that's the one it's like okay yeah whatever We'll rubber stamp this one because we know we're gonna get money out of this. Dragon Ball or One Piece? If you're not either yes. of those, they don't really care. That's another one I was gonna say. One Piece is another one. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Don't, don't screw this one up. But they're like, okay, you you gotta obey this. This is this. Is, and you know, again, we we can get to an interesting like you know who like right holders and stuff like that. And how they, it's also it's also partially too with uh with like you know how Kuramata handles his stuff and also to in by extension to. With um how how not Takeo, she handles her things with Sailor Moon as well that she's very hands on with like what gets what gets a rubber stamp at the end of the day so again well I with with Taoki, uh, Naoko Takeuchi God I'm so bad at pronouncing names that she was more because they kind of like screwed her over Toei did with the licensing amount so that's why she's super protective of yeah Sailor Moon that's a very good like, point 
so demanding to be involved in all the aspects. Well, I say demanding. I I don't see it as like stereotypically demanding to want to be involved with your like multi-billion dollar franchise. Like I don't see that as a big deal. Um, but I don't know of any other word to use it. But yeah, she with the a lot of the stuff that happened early on with Sailor Moon, she didn't get treated the best yeah. as being a creator of such a big thing. I guess like I, she didn't get the like the respect that she deserves, so that's kind of why she's a little bit more more active, more ha- more active, more hands on with everything. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah but like that's a that this, we've already deviated so far from like, what we were talking about. Like, yeah, um, well, you said Sailor Moon, so I had to talk about it. That's fine too. I did, I, 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 that, I didn't by the way, we also host another podcast called "Says You Can Follow the On the Let's Go Listen to to me and Conrad for talk more about it. But regardless. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess, like I said, like it's it's so weird, and also too, it's like it's such a weird, complicated situation. At the end of the day, you are correct, Conor. Don't take your don't take Facebook or don't take like Twitter or don't take any social media or you know or anything at all unless it's like from an official, well, or unless it came out officially, like you know, with a press release attached to it, or there's some sort of press release attached to it that they can we can see. Then yeah, then we'll then take then that that uses official then. At that point, it was just some some dumb kid, underpaid guy who must have posted something, and it, some guy didn't cross their wires. And you know, wherever you are, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you still have your job. Well, the sad part about it is, is that the like again, I'm I didn't see it when it was live, but from the way that Benhouse was talking about it and explaining it, it sounded like the person that wrote the tweet was like a fan of the show and like knowledgeable at least to an extent about the show. It's just the not everybody knows who owns the rights to what, so I don't think that there was anything malicious that happened there. Yeah, I don't think so either. Like whoever whoever's in charge of that is passionate about Saint Seiya, which is something that you want, and just wanted to you know bring up an aspect of Saint Seiya that doesn't get highlighted as much, which is the Lost Canvas compared to some of the other currently moving projects and even the original anime. So I, it sounds like they were passionate about it, but man, that, that is a pretty big screw up. Yeah, it, it was a blunder. Like everybody can see that it was just a, 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 a harmless mistake. But the problem is that with Lost Canvas, unfortunately, there is a section that is very vocal and extreme opinionated about it. That's all I'm going to be saying on the matter. And unfortunately, it ruffled up those feathers. So that's why. That's why, and also, and also too, it's like you know, it's also too, it's like, it, like I said, like we were discussing earlier, it's like it's a, it's so, it's so many also other moving parts as well, where it's like toy and mm-hmm. TMS and like who, like who does, who's doing what and what's not, what's, what's, what's happening with all this. It's a whole, it's a whole different discussion altogether that we kind of like touch upon, but like that's that's a very different discussion altogether from what we are discussing today. It's about who gets money and not giving free money to your technically your competitors. Exactly. So what it boils down to, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yep. Alrighty. Hey, so, Nick. well, we I, I thought this was gonna be something we spent like five minutes. I think we spent like a good twenty minutes discussing this. So, but <laughs> that's see. that's fine. That's fine. I think th- 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 I love that. Like I, I miss doing these types of discussions with you guys. Um. So why don't we go? So why don't what do you guys want to talk about first? You guys want to talk about toys? You know, I said want to talk about a concert, or you guys want to talk about the movie? What do we talk about the toys first? Okay, toys. We got. We are gonna get a Tomashi Nation pop up exhibit in. Uh, in April, here in the United States. And one of the few times that, that the United States is going to get something first, Saint Seiya-wise, they're making a gold uh, a gold Seiya, Pegasus Seiya, in his fourth cloth. It's and not the V3 the, the in the anime. Yeah, the V3 anime cloth, which is, and it's interesting because it's, it's a very different, it's a very different gold 
than the one that we're than the gold that, that we're used to. That's the thing that kind of caught my attention first and foremost because it was like usually when they use gold, they usually it's usually like this gold, this gold, this this is like they just painted it gold, and it's like very clear, like you know, oh, they just painted it, gold. they just put painted the parts gold. But it feels like they took a little bit of time now and it actually darkened the they actually darkened it enough and now it does look a little more like a like gold itself. It's it's hard to explain. It's a hard to explain thing, but it's a really good it's a really good read it's a really good um deco or redeco of the figure of the of the V three um, um anime clock. And one of the few times that, that like I said, this is the one of the few times that uh, that the United States is getting this first because this will be uh, this will be first available. In the United States, and I believe that they're going to be going to Mexico, Singapore, and France in this tour in, for this tour for the 15th anniversary of the Tomashi Nations. So, um, Bekas, you you're a collector of, of Mythcloth. You, I'm pretty sure you have more than, than both of those combined. Your thoughts on this on this exclusive? It just looked really fucking good. Like whenever th- these types of figures get announced, I actually get kind of angry because like I. Ah, uh, like, obviously I would love to have them all, it's just, it's impossible, well, it's not impossible, but it, it's a lot of money, and it in, it's a lot of space, and sometimes you have to, like, uh, pick and choose, right? Like, which ones you are willing to get, which ones you aren't, like, wh- for example, I decided a long time ago that I wasn't going to collect the regular Mythcloth series, but now that the EX have come out, and they look so good and so faithful to the to the animated incarnations those are the ones that i'm collecting but like let's be honest this is just a reskin basically like it's just a coat of paint to a figure that i already have am i willing to spend uh, that amount of money just to get it in gold yes yes i am that's the problem <laughs> that's where we have our problem yeah because it's, it's it's it was something i was discussing on my other show the the saturn morning squad i'm not sure hopefully y'all listen to that's like look um, the, the the Nintendo the Nintendo the, the Nintendo uh, Nintendo Online you know expansion pack it's great and all but you need to convince me with something more and then they announced the Game Boy Advance stuff and like okay now you got me there's there's where my sixty dollars a month is gonna go right there you finally reached that point where it's like okay now you're worth it and it's the same thing with this it's like if this was any other thing if it was any if this was another kind of repaint then yeah I would be like okay yeah I mean it just it would be a very really interesting curiosity. But the way they painted this is a very different gold, like I said. As a matter of fact, you can clearly see the very different gold they're using. I'm going to post it here on our private... Um, I'm going to post it here in our discussion here, and you guys can check it. I'm pretty sure if Conrad hasn't seen it, you can check out the pictures right here. But like, you can tell it's like it's a darker... It's a, like a darker, more... It's like a darker, like a more yellow. orangey... Like a more darker... Like a dark um, yellowish gold than it is like the traditional gold. And you can see that, they, that it's going to come with, like, uh, with Athena's cloth, quote-unquote. And that's still painted in that old style of, of gold, but everything else is in that new style. And it's just like, oh wow, this 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 like it's night and day when you when you compare those two th- the two things together. There are a and, couple of uh, there are a couple of myth cloths that have been made of actual gold of twenty four k gold, but there the, there are like only th- two or three figures out of that, and this is not one of them. Like it really looks very good for something that's not actual gold. Well, it's it, it, technically it's just it's coded in twenty four k. But it's not really 24k itself because well, if it was, if it was, well, one, it'd be it'd be ungodly expensive because, like, yeah. I think the like the 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 cost the cost I think I want to say like the cost for the, the the if we're going by the gold standard, I believe uh, what like one ounce of gold is like a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah, so like no, no, it can't be. So like, like 24k gold gold plated, I can I can see where it's like they coated it with something that's 24k with something else in it. But if it's like pure like 
Carol 100K, 24K. Oh boy, I think that that, that thing must be guarded 24 seven. Like my like guard, like armed guards, and that's gotta be the most expensive action figure ever made outside of like something that less vintage. Yeah, but, no, I don't. It is expensive. Those are are very expensive, but not that expensive. So yeah, I, I seen those going like the the, the the four figures because like you know because of the, not not because of the what, what they're made of, but more because of their exclusive exclusivity. But in this case, it's like this this thing's gonna be like I'm pretty sure that this figure is gonna be available. Like um like I'm pretty, like I said like it's gonna be available in New York. It's gonna be available in Mexico. I don't know. I don't know what part. I think they're gonna be at La Mole to do this presentation or to do this I- exhibition. I haven't checked, but uh, either they're gonna do their own pop-up store like they did uh, last year, or th- th- probably somewhere they announced it with with uh, plenty of time. But it is going to be in Mexico City m- more than that. Yeah, and then they're gonna do one in Singapore and one in France as well. So I'm pretty sure at those four locations. I'm very sure too. You can pick this. This, this is gonna be available at San Diego Comic Con because like there, and also any other convention after after April. I'm pretty sure they're gonna have it available because like a lot of their convention, a lot of their um, a lot of these a lot of these pop-up exclusives have appeared. On other, um, have appeared on like on other, have appeared in other places soon after they've been, after they've been at their pop up stores. So it's not, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't shock me that, you know, that if like if you go again and like then Tomashi Nations has like another pop up that down the road that that just figures right there. What I'd be at more very limited supply. It's, it was so coincidence. Like they, they always do that. Other figures include, um, Spider Gwen and Miles Morales from, from Beyond the Spider Verse and a new Goku. All those SH figure arts, I believe they're also going to do a new Gundam as well. I think they're going to do a Gundam that um, I think it's uh, I think it's one from Gundam Seed that's also going to be available exclusively like that as well with like what they call um, anime with anime style color, which is just them doing it more in anime deco instead of them using more of the original design me- uh, mecha ne- decos. And yeah, it's a huge, huge like you know like I, as a collector of all things Samashi Nations, I love fi- I love. Um, I don't have. I don't have many. Um, I don't have many. Um, uh, I don't have. I don't have many. A uh, myth cloth. I collect a lot of SHV arts, and I'm glad it's like we're we're in the 15th anniversary of this, and like it's 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 like you know, and and believe it or not, um, it all all this started because of Saint Seiya, because the very first like major line they started focusing with the collectors in mind, but and like the very first Tamashi Nation things was the myth cloth. So from myth cloth, we got stuff like SHV arts and. Arts Mini and you know Publicas and all that good stuff that, that all all of us enjoy nowadays. So thanks, Saint Seiya. <laughs> well, it is something that Saint Seiya has always been one of the ah, I forgot the word in English, but it has been one of the elites always yeah. when it comes to merchandising, figures included. So not surprised that uh, it did that kind of chain reaction in that regard. Yeah, and like I said, I'm, I'm also really glad it's like like. For the first time, the United States is getting something first for Saint Seiya, and I'm pretty sure like this also like this will go on with our next bit of news. That, that we, I don't know if you guys want to jump into that of that. You know, I'm pretty sure they're doing this to like get more eyes on the movie coming soon. So I'm pretty sure like okay, we got a movie coming soon. We better do some sort of exclusive. No, not real. Not well, not really connected to the movie. It's something that tangentially by name itself it is. So. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that's another reason why they're doing this figure. It's like, okay, we need something with the name Saint Seiya to put it out there that there is going to be a movie coming soon. Especially considering, and I think this is a good jo- uh, point to jump into that, the fact that uh, there's been a little bit of a change to it. Like, I remember that when the movie got announced and, and the official promo started to come out, in Japan it was also going to be called Knights of the Zodiac. But 
there was kind of a not a backlash, but I did see quite a few negative reactions from the Japanese people that like Sinseya. Like I follow a lot of Japanese people that that are into the series on Twitter, and many have like, why why this name? Why the Western name? Right? And they have renamed it uh, to Saint Seiya. Uh, the beginning. Uh, the beginning. So the the name now ha is more than more than ever and more than previous, uh, more than earlier at least attached to Saint Seiya, and that's the the way that they're going to be promoting it now. So it makes sense to, to what you're you were mentioning previously. So yeah, before before we move on, Freddy, do you have any thoughts on on this action figure? Um, looks cool. <laughs> enough, <laughs> no, enough, <I've>... enough. <laughs> No, I mean it's 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 just not something that I collect. So I'm like I I'm on the Tamashii Nations. Uh, what is it called? Their little newsletter that they sent out. So I've seen this and I thought it was interesting, but um, I thought it was just in the same group as the uh, the gold cloth that they've been releasing. I didn't realize it was different. <laughs> so sorry. I'm such a fake fan. Y'all exposed me today. Well, you, but we weren't saying anything at all. I'm just, I'm just saying because, like, you know, I, I, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be, a, I'm trying to be a good host here and try to get everybody's opinion. I don't want anybody being silent. Not to mention that 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 like like collect getting into collection collecting anything for any franchise for any series, it's it's a pain in the ass and it's a pain in the wallet. So oh yeah, so you, you don't have you, you don't. You you can be a, a fan or a super fan of something without necessarily going into the merchandising aspect of it. So don't worry about that. Yeah, so like, like, if, don't don't feel bad. Go on. I, I I know my budget. I know like around how much I can spend and get away with it on collectibles and stuff. And unfortunately, the vast majority of Saint Seiya merchandise is beyond that. Graph. Yeah, that's so that's, I, that's that I just kind of don't look like I I really 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 wanted the Thor um the the Thor myth cloth that got released recently, but I just I had this inkling that like. Ooh, that's a lot of money. And if I spend money on that, like, am I going to regret it later? And by the time I'd made up my mind that, yes, it's what I wanted. It was already sold out because those things sell out in like five minutes. So yeah, in, in my, during my internal monologue, he sold out and I was like, dang it. He's so cool looking. But yeah, but, but, I mean, that's perfectly fine. Like I said, I, I only have like, like, I think I mentioned this before. I only got like the very first myth class they released, like that way back in 2000, 2002 to 2000, 2003. Um, Around that time was just like, oh my god, like the weird elongated heads and just the weird bodies, and it just didn't like they looked, they looked, they looked the role from afar, but you didn't like up close. You looking like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, like and it's like, and it's like, and you know, all these that was all toys back then, though. <laughs> no, but I mean, my, well, then again, too, it's like I, I must have been spoiled for choice at the time because I also was collecting a lot of other things, and like, little other things looked way better up close than they did like up in the in, um then up from far away. But we have better options nowadays, like I said. Like you have the we have like those crane, we have those crane game statues now that are really cool. We also have um we also we also have anime heroes, which you know surprisingly it's still kicking, it's still kicking somehow. So like if you want like a budget. You want something within the budget? There's, there's, there's those things. But this is really cool. I, I like what they're doing with this in particular because it, it, like I said, they're like it's just something that's very visually striking. That this is something they never, that they never tried before. And I do hope that like down the road, whenever they, they, do, whenever they decide to like take my money a little bit more, they do this with the, with the, with the gold saints. So that. Did just... you see the? Did you see the new crane game figure that they announced? That's uh, Seiya in his training. training gear. Again, this is all. I think this is all synergy from the movie, and I want that figure because it looks. Yeah. Because again, we've seen pictures. Good. Yeah, we've seen pictures of mocking you in that in that training uniform, 
And I'm pretty sure, again, they're capitalizing, just as Venkas, just as Venkas mentioned, they're capitalizing on the fact that like this, there's a movie coming out, so we're going to try um, touching a lot of, on a lot of aspects from the movie that you're, that you're going to be maybe mm -hmm. seeing either characters or things or things revolving around it. In this case, we're going to be seeing that, that crane game, Seiya. I'm, I saw to you guys, like, because I looked at him like, I'm not a big statue guy, but I want this. I've said this before. It's like, I, 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 I like that. Because, like, the thing is, I mean, like, that's my yeah, and, and like, you know, like, like I said, I'm not really, I, I'm more of an action figure guy. I love, I'm the, I like, I know you're not the action figure guy, but I am because I love, I, I spend all my time posing my guys and I love that because they don't have to stay stationary and they can, I can make them do crazy things. Also, it's like, you know, I'm one of those types of guys that's like, okay. I can do that because I'm a nerd. I'm secretly, I'm, I'm 39 going on nine. So, uh, you know what? Why don't we transition to our next year? And Becca, so that was actually a really good transition that you said earlier. Why don't we talk about a little bit about the movie? Uh, we, There's a movie? There is a movie. <laughs> there, there is a movie. It's coming out. Uh, well, it was like here in the United States, we we, it's still TBA. It's still to be determined, it's still to be announced. But first things first, we finally got our, we finally got a new trailer. I mean, I don't know. Do you guys consider it a trailer? Because there's a lot of things that are recycled. But we got to see a lot more footage from it. It's a new teaser, in my opinion. And yeah, besides, I think that Mackenzie said that there's still like the the full length, like the, uh, the actual what people consider to be a full length trailer, still to come out at some point. So I think this is just like another one of those teasers that they, they release, like, you know how now it's very common that they release like 10 teasers before they release the official final trailer for the movie, which I find it to be so stupid. But anyway, yeah, that's, 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 that's the Hollywood system, baby. To keep you hyped up for longer periods of time. Yeah. So, but we do have, but there is some interesting news that came out of all this. Um, we have a date and... The date, it's not necessarily worldwide. It's actually for Japan only, April 28th. And that's going to be like a, a, a general release. Um, let's see. Let me let me look up our Doomsday Day. Because I consider that I consider a movie release. Um, again, Bankhouse, congratulations. You won again. <laughs> you said nine. You said on um, September. You said September 2023. I said I said October. And Conor Ryder said, Conor Ryder Free said, said November. You got closest to the, to the date on you got close to the date on both of these. Not that close, but hey, a win is a win. Yeah, it's like you. I mean, look, you you said that we're gonna get a trailer. You're gonna get a trailer in March, but you got, but we got it in December. So you win that one. We still gotta make. A, we got still gotta make a date for to, uh, for me and Carl Ryder to suffer on that on 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 our on our end of the bargain. I don't know what we're gonna do for the next one, but we'll put that. We'll put a. We'll put a. We'll put a. We'll put a. Uh, we'll put a pin on that one. To be fair, we were under we were operating under the assumption that they were going to properly promote this movie, but I don't like not to be pessimistic, but we have almost exactly from today's recording two months until the twenty eighth. That's true. And I just yeah. don't know if that's enough time to properly advertise this movie. I agree with you. It, it pains me. It, it really does pain me. Uh, uh, but the, you're not the only one uh, making that. Uh, point and, and stating that out uh, actually a lot of the people that i follow in the spanish-speaking world and in in another podcast they were talking about that that how basically they haven't given any promotion to the movie and we're almost two uh, less than two months or less than two months away from it is that is never good regardless of how you want to look at it regardless of what what the movie may end up or not being there is already that there's already way too much mixed reaction with reason justified uh, justifiable 
but still like there is still kind of like a lot of um pessimism around this project and they're not helping themselves or they're or using another another way to say it like they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot by not promoting the hell out of this thing especially when they're going to be competing against mario yeah even if they were just like well first of all mario not coming out on march 10th is a crime against god just (laughs) FYI. um that I know that that's a very distinctly like American English joke, but no. Uh, but also, like like you said, yeah, like even even forgetting the fact that it's going up against one of the most anticipated like nerdy property movies in a long time, it's just I don't know. It it just it feels like they're not even doing the bare minimum. Like there could be at least like a corporate account that's like tweeting out like stuff about it and like paying for promoted tweets on twitter or you know posters when you go to the movie theaters or anything like that like the even the bare minimum isn't being done it just feels so weird all right so so just to give you just so just to give you guys uh, uh an idea what it's up against in in the, in the same time period if if things fall if things go through what it is on April seventh, we're getting the Super Mario Brothers movie. So not even not even close, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people are gonna watch it. So it's gonna have enough enough legs where it's gonna withstand those next couple of weeks to be there in the movie theater. Because from what I've been hearing from early from early um from early screens of the movie, it's actually been real. It's actually been really good. Um, and another movie that, that another movie I think a lot of people are gonna be are gonna be checking out is gonna be called Renfield. That's the one where um where with uh what's his face uh Nicholas Cage where he plays Nosferatu. <laughs> Uh huh, and um, um and, then, I, and then I love Nicolas Cage so much. Sorry. Oh no, that, that looks like that looks like a crazy ass movie. I want to watch it. Um, and then after that, on April twenty first, we got um Evil Dead Rise, which I saw I saw the trailer like holy shit, I, I want to see that movie. But then again, too, I'm a huge fan of of um of Evil Dead, so it's like you know that's up my that, that's up my alley. So yeah, so it's like it, it's up against so like it well it's not really up against anything big per se. I mean, the only big thing would be Super Mario, but it's like what, what's let's take let's take in consideration like okay, if it does, if this does come out, if if this does come out on an intended date, its next play competition is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and that comes out the following week. And ugh, yeah, that's that's the one that's gonna that if like that's gonna squash every hopes and dreams right there. And and here's the worst part: I'm very sure they're gonna do this, especially in Mexico, because they love to do this in Mexico. Because it falls a couple of days before um the little the little niños the child's day, yep. they're gonna release a movie earlier, and like if they're gonna release same say at the same time as say, Guardians of the Galaxy, guess what movie's gonna do a lot better? Guess what movie people want to go see more than um than than Saint Seiya? Unfortunately, but true, but yes. Does Chris Pratt have some kind of vendetta against Saint Seiya? I'm pretty sure it's on this contract somewhere. Yeah, it's it's like, not that really small text somewhere. It's like it's, just, it's we like, have to rush all of your movies to come out right around the time of Saint Seiya to crush it. Oh my god! I completely forgot he's in both of those movies. <laughs> yeah, he's un- unfortunately he's the voice of Mario. When we literally have the guy that's been more voicing Mario for like decades on hand. The worst part is like whatever. the worst part is there was that skit recently with on um, Saturday Night Live with Pedro Pascal, and he's like he does a way better Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch anything of Pedro Pascal in it. That man is amazing. I love that man. I I, I was watching the episode. And I couldn't stop laughing at that <laughs> at that thing. Regardless, um, do you have any thoughts on Comrade Free on what on all this on all this stuff that's going on? I just I'm I I want to be optimistic. I want to be positive about it. 
because even if it flops, like oh, let, worst case scenario, this movie flops, we still have new. Like I'm trying to word it correctly, we we still have something new that was added onto the franchise to enjoy. Similarly to the 3D animated show, to where it's not necessarily everybody's cup of tea, but it has the at least from the trailer of the movie, we can see that it has a lot of the right elements and the right vibe and direction, at least from what we've seen from the trailer. That if you enjoy the movie, worst case scenario, it flops and there's not going to be another one this is a perfect introduction to the TV show and to, to kind of fold into the TV show because they're going to have a lot of the same story elements. They're going to have a lot of the same um, vibes and plot beats and things like that. So that it's easy, just like with the, just as if the 3d animated show, Dick get canceled after the first season. You know, we talked about how that was still a good way to roll into the original series. So that's the, the one positive thing that I'm clinging to with this in general is that we, have another piece of media that is going to grab potentially another demographic of people or another group of people that might have never heard of Saint Seiya before. And even if it doesn't do fantastically, it could still greatly help the community in general in the English speaking countries and worldwide for that matter. Um, but, but like, I, I just, I really hope that this helps cultivate a little bit more of a fan base here in the English speaking world at the very least. All right. Um, because you do you have any other thoughts your, on, on what's going on with the movie and with your your opinion with, well, on what's on, on all this on all that that's going on? But I pretty much uh, share the sentiment that that Kamen Rider Furry just uh, just uh, shared with us, and I completely agree. Like, uh, here's the thing: like, there, if we want to think of extremes, like, uh, it's always kind of like it's always good to 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 go uh, with to these projects with like um, reserved expectations. Uh, it could go either way, and at this point, I'm trying not to think about that in particular. I'm just, I'm more of a, I want to see what they end up showing. I want to see how they're going to proceed with this, if they decide to proceed with this. And whether it does or not, like, at the very least, it gives something new. And it also gives the opportunity for people in the entire world, be it uh, younger people here in Latin America, be it a, a new audience in, in the US uh, or in Canada or in English speaking uh, parts of the world to be introduced to this property, like it, it might catch the attention of some new people. And that is always a, a good thing. And besides, saying say uh, the, the essence of it is um, always standing up even when against the face of adversity, like even when everything seems to be against you and even when everything seems to be going completely to hell and wrong, like being able to stand up and, and basically be reborn from your ashes after that, like that's one of the core elements of this franchise. So it's nothing new that to the franchise itself. I just hope that the project does well. And at the very least, we got our our very first sneak peek, like a two second one of uh, the Phoenix Saint. So yes. It looks good. Yeah, yeah it, looks I, good. I, it, it looks good. Like I'm, I'm sure it's gonna have a little bit of the same problem that the Pegasus Cloud has in terms of coloring. But yeah, that's a minor nitpick. And but that's so Hollywood far, in general. That's Hollywood yeah. in general, man. It's it's not it's not it's not it's not a, it's not a production thing. It's Hollywood in general. They for some reason like I was looking at something recently. And like they're darkening up too too many things. Like mm, we don't need. Like could we like put a little bit of like some a little light to like you know like one one it's more light. Desaturating colors, but like it's as I guess it's not it's this is not a this is not an isolated incident with just Saint Seiya. It's an it's an industry wide thing, which is like things things are getting darker anyway. So like you can't get a good a good glimpse of things. 
that's um that's again that's a that's an industry thing, not just uh not just a particular one particular movie. It's like all these movies, especially recently, have been doing that. And, but yeah, we got to see we got to see a little bit more of Diego Trico as uh, as the, as Iki or or as they're calling him now. They're calling him Nero. They're calling him the mysterious assassin. But we all know it's the Phoenix. <laughs> we all know it's, the, it's we all know it's a Phoenix Saint or the Phoenix Knight. So. I can't. No. I can't wait for when they actually say that he's when they in the movie says that the Phoenix is. I can't wait for them. He was like, no, really, no. <laughs> but I, 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 like I said, like right, right now, right now for me at least, um, Saint said like this one. Like I said, like I'm going in cautiously optimistic because, like, obviously, one, I host a podcast about it, and everything hinges on me being optimistic about it. And but you know, two, um. You know, everything else looks fine. Like everything else looks good. I, it's just like I have to. I have to kind of reserve myself on a lot of things so far. To um, it, it's um, okay. It, it what it is right now. I think the um, I, I think with the, with, the, with the movie right now, it, it's um, yeah, it's looking good so far. It's just that the uh, again, this, this goes back to the issue with the Saint Seiya, the, the with the CGI series when it was in that weird purgatory when they were still when they were transitioning from Netflix to to um, Crunchyroll. Of like them being very silent, and then with and then like them suddenly spreading the information about like about everything kind of like last minute, and I'm coming and like I like I mean this could work also too because like I, I've seen movies thrive from the, from this kind of environment where they can dump the movie on like a, on a streaming service or a video on demand, and like you know and you know maybe from there like or at least here in the United States they'll do something like that. And you know, while that's like the worst case scenario, I think that's also a good, a great like you know, hey, if you don't want to spend like movies are expensive and you don't want to go out, especially since like COVID is still a thing, and you don't want to be in, or you just don't want to go into a movie theater with some with like some sticky floors and like some guy sneaking in God knows how much food and with so much food and his kids and, and like their kids are making so much noise that they're watching when they're noisy the heck out of you. This is why I go to the movies at like the very first showing at like ten o'clock in the morning because I like to be with the old people. I. Uh, so it's like I understand. I totally understand that, like, if they want to take that that approach, especially in like places that they might not be too confident on the popularity of the series, like say here in the United States. But um, they have to take advantage of like places where this series might very um, where it's still popular, like in Mexico, Japan, and all that stuff. And they have to they have to at least try to do a um, a, a, a some sort of theatrical release. So. My hopes is that we're gonna get some sort of theatrical release soonish, but for now, I think like we just have to like wait and see. As like I said, as far as the movie goes, it looks great. But again, it's like it's, I'm starting to notice more and more that are like as as the effects are being finished up and things are being like you know um, and things are starting to get more clear, or in this case, it's starting to get darker. It's starting to fall into too many <laughs> tropes of like what modern movies is like. My problem with like modern movies nowadays. It's like I like I do hope that I do hope that like I'm proven wrong. I could eat crow and they don't and they don't like make the movie too CGI heavy. I think that's my biggest problem with like movies uh, movies nowadays. It's like they're they're really leaning too much on special effects. And it's like I look special effects are great. I don't mind that because like you know like like we all want to see spectacle sometimes. And the good the good spectacle is through CGI. But we have so many movies in the last couple of years that have been like just CGI like blob fests. It's it's it, it kind of reminds me of the time with like the 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 Michael Bay Transformers movies where it's just like it's just a bunch of things happening on screen and you can't really tell what's going on sometimes and sometimes it's just sometimes a lot of movies nowadays especially like movies these types of spectacle like you know tentpole or like slash movies that are like supposed to be like these movies where 
you know, these action-heavy movies, it just kind of deviates to just CGI Bloodfest, and it's like, I don't want that movie. I don't want it to end up like that, but the more I'm looking at it, the more it will. I'm like, I I hope I, I hope at least that they 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 don't that they, they can at least pull away from that like by a lot. Yeah, hopefully. My my biggest fear, which I think is becoming realized, um, unless they you know pull a switcheroo on us here at the very end, I was I'm just afraid that this is just going to be just it, it, say, it say as origin story just say like i understand that we've got the phoenix claw showing up but we haven't seen any of the other main the the core five characters other than Seiya and a sliver of iki slash nero and i'm just like because that means that if even if this movie is successful then they're going to have to have another film potentially another film to set up the additional three characters and get them established and get them involved in the plot before we could get to what everybody really wants to see, which is the sanctuary arc. So that means that if that there could be potential, potentially another sequel in the way of getting to sanctuary, because I, I have zero faith that this movie is going to get to sanctuary arc. Like it just, it, it won't happen. Uh, Legend of sanctuary really pushed the limits of how fast you can tell this story <laughs> um, to get to that story arc. So I, I'm I'm fairly sure that they're not going to rush through it like that. But just the the sad part, the sad realization that this is most likely going to be a Saya origin story of like specifically just him means that we're it's going it, to even in the best case scenario, it's going to take a while, a long while to get to Sanctuary, and that's just I want to see the live action Gold Saints. I want to see the live action Sanctuary. I want to see all of that stuff, but it's probably going to be. Best case scenario, even probably going to be years. Yeah, that's a, that's a problem. You need it all because, like, yeah, I think I think you are correct. Where it's like, I think this is all just we're, this movie is just going to be a say origin story, which I don't mind. Like, I like like I don't mind, but I do understand too. It's like you know, you you have so like if if this movie does end up being successful, you kind of have to now find a way to like torch you in all the other all the other aspects. And now it's mm -hmm. now it's, now it's a, now it's a juggling game of like how to do all that like in a short amount of time, especially with the ten movies. It's like you got to get in and out in like ninety minutes. So. Even like uh, even though even the Legend of Sanctuary movie like we were very generous and like that was at least like like a little under two hours, but still it's like you know, well, I I count it back to the Jim and the Holograms movie, which I apologize for bringing that monstrosity up again. I actually enjoyed it, but that's beside the point. But the main thing that was missing from the Jim and the Holograms movie is that the the core of Jim, of course, was she's a pop star by night and by day she's a boring accountant or like. CEO or whatever she was. I can't remember off the top of my head. She was some kind of business lady during the day. And uh, that that was the, the premise. But the driving force in the show was the conflict between them and the misfits. And the movie completely left the misfits out. And yes, I agree that Seiya is the main character of Saint Seiya. And he is the core element of the majority of the series, if you don't count the spinoffs. But the what, what drives the story forward is the friendship of the main four slash five, depending on when Iggy decides that he wants to be there. So I, I just feel like something like a core feeling of the movie is going to be gone if they don't at least cameo or show up towards the end of the film or something like that to really feel like that core because Saint Saint Seiya is the epitome of the power of friendship at the end of the day and I just you need friends to have the power of friendship <laughs> all right 
Um, any closing thoughts before we before we before we move on to our final bit of news? Um, There's more news. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think we've summed up how we feel so far regarding the the movie. Uh, hopefully, as more information and uh, the date approaches, we, we'll have more to talk about it. But for now, let's just uh, leave it at. Let's just wait and see what happens. All righty then. Uh, let's move on to our final bit of news. We have a date and we have a location for the the, the Pegasus Fantasy Symphonic Symphony. I, I don't know why they. I don't know why I keep on calling it. the Symphonic Experience. And it's gonna be the the second edition of it, which will be on on September twenty third, two thousand twenty three, at Arena Mexico. Um, Benkos, you were at you were at the last one, and yes. you know we we actually recorded a podcast about it. Um, on a scale to one to one, uh, scale to one to holy shit, how do you feel about this? Holy fucking shit! Thank you. Yeah, so it's like I, I you know, I, I'm really happy that we finally got a date on this because you know it was one of the things where I was kind of where we were kind of like um kind of if you on at the, at the time, but um. We we like like they're teasing the date for so long. I'm pretty sure like I'm pretty sure it was Arena Mexico or the or the or the producers were trying to like trying to get the seal trying to get like, the final things resolved. But we finally got everything finally got everything set. You know, um, um, like I said, like like we said before, it's like well, like the last one involved a lot of music from like the first part of the series. I'm pretty sure this next one's gonna have a lot more going in towards like um, Asgard and to uh, Poseidon Arc as well. So. Um, Minka, since you have a little bit more, since you are, you're the one here that has the most experience with this show, how do you feel? What do you, what do you expect? And like, how do you feel about the news that we know? Okay, it, it, to be completely honest, uh, I don't think that the excitement uh, has settled in just yet because, okay, I know the date now, but I, I'm one of those people that, um, for example, the first one, I, I was super excited the moment that they finally confirmed the date because, as, as you said, it like it was something that had been announced years prior. I think that even before the original supposed uh, release year, it was supposed to be to have taken place in 2019? 2020. 2020, yeah. It was announced in 2019. It was supposed to take place in 2020. Then obviously COVID happened and that went down the shitter for, for a couple of years before it could actually be done. Uh, but you know, knowing that it's something that it had never been canceled, but like, okay, it's still gonna happen, it's still gonna happen. That expectation helped build up for the previous event, and right now, because we have just previously come, we have come so close after the, the previous one, maybe the excitement isn't as, as high as I would like it to be, but not because of I'm not excited for the event, it's just that I think that as, as, the, as the date gets closer to it, that excitement is going to start to build up. What I can say is that I'm actually very, very happy. I, I hope that it is as, as at least as successful as, as the one last year. I'm very ha I am excited to see what new tracks uh, actually get performed and which ones of the, of the previous ones get, get shown as well. There were a, couple, a few technical details that happened during the previous concert. Nothing, uh, nothing too distracting or nothing uh, uh, that would like make or break the concert, obviously. But but it was still things that, that were noticeable, and I hope that it, it becomes a better show overall this year. Uh, and and they continue to to improve uh, in terms of the execution of, of what they show. And I hope that it becomes what what the last event was which was not just the, not just the 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 concert itself but the opportunity to meet so many people from so many different parts of the world that love this series and have a passion for this series to gather up and and to share that passion for one night i just hope that that sentiment gets repeated again this year um comrade afraid do you have any thoughts on, I, I like you know about the concert itself i know like we're, like you and me we live in the united states and you know i want to disclose where exactly but you know we're, we're like they're both pretty far from from the actual location, but how do you feel like you know about, about all, all these news, all, all these news breaking? 
Uh, I think it's cool. I wish that I could attend, but most likely I will not be able to. Um, international traveling is not something I've thought about recently <laughs> uh, due to just expenses and stuff like that. Uh, it would be really cool to see, but I really like seeing clips and stuff that everybody posted from the last one and all of the cool you know, merchandise and photographs and everything that came out of it. And just to see that many people that are passionate about something that where I'm from is basically non-existent was just really cool to see. So I'm I'm excited to live vicariously through Benoss for a second time. <laughs> I'll do my best to live for the, for, for you. <laughs> you know, you do, you do know that for those of you who are new to the podcast, we do have a, if you follow the, the website, if you go to the website, scosmocast.com, that's our website where you can find out more information about the show. We do have a PayPal and like other links so you can support the show. So you can, you know, if you want, if you sell generous, you want to donate some money, get either me or Comrade Furry, especially Comrade Furry. I would rather him go than I go that to to go to Mexico if possible. So if you, know, if you got like a dollar to you want to throw it, throw throw our way, you know, that'd be what don't feel obligated. Don't feel obligated, but it would be what we would like appreciate it also. So don't don't feel don't feel don't feel like you know we're putting a gun to your head. But you know, like I said, like you know, every little bit helps, especially if you want to help, especially if you want to help out Comrade Furry. So they so he can like explore the universe. <laughs> Well, if, regardless of how, if either of you are able to to make it either to this one or hopefully if this one is successful and there is another one, you're always welcome here. All right. I'm just going to show up. <laughs> might not buy a ticket. You're just going to like vibe outside. No, I'm just going to show up at Ben Haas's house and be like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> I was like, hey, come you on. Come any, you told me I could come anytime. I understand that it's inconvenient. I understand that you're it's having four to morning. It's like two, three in the morning and like, you know, I just and like I got it's work day and all that. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. So, is there anything else on the news docket that we we missed that you guys want to discuss? Before? Nothing um, new that's relevant. I think we can move on to the main topic of today. Yeah. So I figured, like, hey, you know, it it, it it's a lot of news, and like I know this I know this is pretty long as is, but like I figured, like there's a lot of backlog. Like literally, all this stuff kind of got dumped. Like, even if we did do an episode before, even if we did an episode before the. Before I compare when Kaputskis, um, we would have still had to do this. This would have these because like this all happened like a couple of days afterwards. So even if we did, we were recording after afterwards the recording. This this all would have just been dumped on us like within like a, like a couple of days within each other. Soon after the recording of the of the podcast. So yeah, even regardless, this was gonna be a this was gonna be a, a news heavy episode. So if you're wondering if you're wondering like why we didn't why we don't have a topic or anything like that, well there you go because like there's a lot of news and like we, we tend to go very long with these types of news things, especially since there's a lot of opinions that we that we need to get through. So, but that that's what that's what that's what makes it so really good, I think, in my opinion. Getting getting opinion from getting opinion from both of you guys is the most important. And I know sometimes too, kind of referee doesn't feel like you know like he doesn't feel like he doesn't contribute, but he does. You know, you do. So it's like I'm proud of that. I did it. Yes, you did. You get a gold star. <laughs> I put it in your head. Alrighty. Uh, let's get on to our episode. Uh, let's go on to our episode discussion. Fifty-seven to sixty of the original series. Um, guys, so let me start by saying this first right now. Not counting the, not counting stuff like, um, not counting, not, not counting stuff like Katie's episode fifty-seven. You know what this means? Or, you know what this means? What, you know what this means? Oh, we're in episode fifty-seven. We have officially we're halfway there. No, you want to know what? You know what? You know what's up? Because we, because we made episode fifty-seven, we are now officially halfway through the series. That's what I said, and you said no. Oh, I did. I heard. I thought you. I thought you said something else. <laughs> I said we're halfway there. I, you sounded well, muffled back there. You I'm will sorry. not steal my thunder. I'm going to continue this bit without you. Fine, fair enough. 
All right, fine, 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 fine. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're you are absolutely correct, Conrad Furry. We I are. Wish I, ha- I wish I had one of those. The ones that they have at the birthday parties. I want to go. What are they called? Yeah, just because you party, party poppers. Party poppers. Oh, the party poppers. Yeah, I wish I had a party popper to do. Well, Ta-da. there you go. So yeah, we are officially we're officially halfway. We're officially halfway done with the series, and yeah, I mean, what a way, what a way to, what a way to get us, what a way to, what a way to continue this, this, um, this, 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 this um, whole entire thing. So, um, we're still, we're still, at the, we're still at the Virgo house. We're still fighting against Virgo. Shaka is just being a cocky motherfucker as he always is, and um, yeah, I mean, we, we begin the episode. It's like you know, Shaka is like, like it's what we handled last time where. Iki or um um Shaka had sent Iki to all to the, to the six hells and he's all like, well, where is he ended up? And let's see, he ended up here, he ended up there, and then um and and yeah, it's, it's like you know, he, then all of a sudden he just comes back. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, have you seen that uh, meme that that arose from Dexter, the one where where uh, the name of the, the detective comes and surprise, motherfucker? Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, I wrote down here. I wrote down here when he when he woke up, Iki jump scare. <laughs> so uh yes so like i mean it basically it's it's basically it's basically a lot of a lot of exposition a lot of like talking about like you know like it's a lot it's a lot of showing off about uh, about shaka's abilities at this point so um is, is there any uh, like is there any details you guys want to discuss about the episode itself yeah actually I, yeah. go on, no, okay go, go on. no go you go first please right i was just gonna say i like first of all i like that uh this episode was raining it just it find it broke up a little bit of the sameness that we've had. Not that I don't mean that in a bad way, because like this is it's meant to be taking place over twelve hours, so like you can't expect a whole lot of like crazy events, like especially weather wise, to be happening. But the rain was cool. But one thing that I noticed that uh, happened is that Athena is just laying out there in the rain, like face up in the rain. It's oh like, God, she's gonna drown. Like that's how drunk people die. Like, don't leave her on her back like that. But, like, well, she's got a out. big, she got a big thing sticking out of her chest, so it's kind she of impossible to lay like on lay her. Side. Well, true, you can lay her on her side. Yeah, that is true. Move her, move her underneath some awning or something. Like, girl is gonna drown there. Like, forget needing the antidote. She's just gonna drown. Yes, yeah, and it's like, but you know, Kiki's doing his best. You know, I, I wrote down here, Kiki doing more than other than the other bronze saints do. We, yeah, yeah he, he's the only one that gives a shit. We we have. I can go on. I was gonna say there's a gold knight that could probably, you know, control the forces of nature. Stay there right next to them, and he's just letting her drown. And and, and that's and that's um and I I wrote and I and I kind of realized something. We're like almost midway through this this arc, and we still haven't seen the Jabber Saints. We still haven't seen Jabu and, and his and his merry men. I was thinking that too. Like I, I thought, I thought like... they came out. I thought they appeared earlier. Yeah, actually, you know, I was I was thinking this, the exact same thing, like because I also got that idea uh, when we watched the CGI show that that they, that they appeared earlier, but no, they actually appear. Uh, I I don't I don't know if well we're we're almost there, so I don't think I don't see any harm in mentioning it now. They appear like when Hyoga is battling uh, 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 Milo. So basically, after the episode we just after episode sixty and episode sixty one, that's right. when they appear. So oh wow. Not, yeah, so we're not that uh, far from them uh, coming t- to Saori's eighth, but yeah, that happens both in the in the uh, in the original anime in the manga as well. So yeah, that that it's up until now when they finally appear. That's so that is so interesting. I, I thought they I thought they I thought they appeared way earlier, like sometime like before before all this. 
But I, no. I thought so too, but no, it's un until this very fight. All right. Well, <laughs> the, the other thing I wanted to say is that um, I love that this I, I love that this group of episodes included both 57 and 60 that we're reviewing because both of them have like super like gay slash woman fan service in it because in this one it's like a freaking Gemini is just <laughs> bathing for no reason he's like literally there's a siege on sanctuary and he's like that sounds like a good time for a bubble bath guys that's yeah, it's, it's, it's raining he's outside like like he has no he's got like no windows it's all like it, like the cold air is going right through right through his right 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 through his going right through his bathroom and he's like you know what I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a bath and then he stands up and has no penis like i understand that they can't show penis on there but like they make very specific like very zoomed in shot of his crotch and it's just like eunuch territory over there i like i i wrote down here because like later on in the episode it's like he's like okay i, I like you know during the middle of the fight he just goes down but it's like goes like you and I wrote, I wrote down here the pope went down like a periscope <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's, he's just like sunk back into it as if that water is like super deep yeah it's like okay i'm gonna go down it, it's like like uh like austin powers whenever he was behind the couch like going down the escalator. yeah but like, like i said it just went down like a perfect <laughs> so yeah uh so by the way of speaking on. of that speaking of that scene how fucking big is that bath it's huge i know it's, it's, it's all i was thinking when i was watching this scene is what a pain in the fucking ass it must be to clean that. Well, he's got all those, you know, all those underlings to do that. He doesn't have Yeah, the underlings that, that, that somehow the mysteriously disappeared. We don't know where they went after this. Yeah, I, I don't I don't envy them. I, I gotta admit, like, thinking of cleaning that this was like, ugh, no. All right, who, who, all right, who, who oh. wants to do cleaning service? Okay, we're out. We're out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also wanted to make a comment uh, on the previous, uh, uh, on, on the previous situation with Saori during the rain. Uh, yeah, Kiki is doing his best to try to protect her from... I mean, she's already completely soaked, but at the very least, the, the water won't fall to her face. But you know who might be helpful in that regard? You know who is wearing a cape that's right next to her that might actually right. cover her entire body? Right. Moo, you fucking asshole! <laughs> Moo did nothing to help her. He just no compassion. Moo is the real animal. Cancel Moo. Moo. <laughs> I'm canceling everybody. On Sailor Moon says we canceled somebody. We canceled Luna. That's what we canceled. Now we're canceling Moo. We're just gonna cancel all of them. Oh yeah, yeah. My favorite part of this whole episode was uh, when because after this all happened before Phoenix came, Phoenix he came back, and you know he, he comes back and he makes this like reference talking about like even hell couldn't hold him back. And I'm just like, what a fucking edgelord. Like what? That is the most edgelord of all edgelord things that I've ever heard, but I love him so much. Yeah. Like he's a fucking badass. Like he, like he says that like out of the six realms from the Rikdo Rinne the, of, of Shaka, apparently he was sent to both hell and the Ashura. And he was kicked out of both of them because they couldn't stand them being there. He was just too, too OP badass. for them. Yeah, he was too badass for, for those two. It's like, God damn, man. Even hell kicked me out. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so, so fucking cringe, but I love it. Oh, I also had the surprise motherfucker reference in my notes, too, just FYI. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Yeah, so, uh, so Shaka decides that... Um, he like he summons limbo around them and because basically what he's trying to do is point out that 
not only is he way stronger than Iki, because he's like trying to prove himself to Iki for some reason. Not only is he way stronger than Iki, but also he can do the same kind of mind games as Iki, making them a pretty good matchup. So he like starts making Iki hallucinate, and he sees. So when he when we were going back with uh, with Iki, where he was trying to be, uh, when, when he got kicked out of hell, like he, he he talks so much shit. I'm pretty sure he talks so much shit. They're like, get the fuck out of here! Come on, get out of here! So annoying. <laughs> oh god. But yeah. But yeah, I was going to lead up to the next point where it's like we we we, we get he gets, in, he gets into a hallucination. So continue on, Rory. Yeah, he so uh, Shaka's basically just trying to prove that anything you can do, I can do better. Type of situation with uh, with Iki here, and so he makes him hallucinate that he's in limbo, and then he like has him have flashbacks of is, of wait, is, yeah, this is the one where sorry, I'm getting my episodes confused. Is this the one where he gets the flashback of carrying Shun, right? Yes, yes. Okay, because I I knew that this this episode kind of bled into the next episode um, a little bit there, but anyway, so yeah, like it's basically just at this point. Shaka just flexing on him. <laughs> so how badass he is. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, since I have, since me and I'm pretty sure Bankas have cursed knowledge about what happens later on in the series, I wrote down here, this plot point will not come back to bite us all in the ass later. No, absolutely not. No, 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 absolutely not. Like, like <laughs> we're going to totally ignore all these things happening. Like, we're going to totally ignore this whole, this whole plot point about, about Iki running away with Shun. Nothing's going to happen from this. Totally legit. Like, we're never, we're, we, totally legit sees, this is not going to be important to the to the story at all whatsoever. And yes. But I like my my favorite part though about the the whole situation is that like he just straight up said because he he tries to kill him and he comes back and he like destroys his cloth and his cloth comes back and he he keeps saying that you know he basically tells him I'll just keep coming back to life over and over again until I annoy you to death like. At this point, I don't think I can outmatch you, but I can definitely annoy you by never dying. And if that's not, you know, the level of petty that I want to live up to in my life, I don't know what is. Well, I would do like one. Of, I do like one of the things that like they try, and it's like something they did in a manga, but they did this way earlier, where Shaka was about to do was about to use ultimate attack, and I like that Iki was trying to escape it, and literally he's like, oh, by the way, you didn't, you didn't even, you didn't one inch, you stood, you stood in place, just like the Monkey King. I thought oh, that was. Oh yeah. And at first, at first, like, and it kind of, I kind of, I kind of stopped and realized something as I was watching. And this is something that this is more of a me and Bekas thing. Maybe possibly you, um, uh, Conrad Furry. I think you, if, if this is something that we discussed a little bit more on our other podcast, the Sailor says concerning, uh, concerning, uh, concerning, you know, at that time when we we're discussing stuff like you know Shintoism and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you. I'm going to ask you a question. I want to ask as part. Maybe, maybe you can chime in on this one as well. I don't know how you feel because like. As someone that was young, especially with, in, a, in a very Eurocentric place that we lived in, especially me and, me and Bangkok being living in Mexico, how did you feel about the, the about the bootyism used, and how did it make you feel when you when you first saw these these things flash before you when you're when you're a child? I I don't know. I I've, I've never been religious in my life. I mean, was I kind of was I like I kind of was when I was younger with like Christianity, but obviously learned my lesson there real quick. But I'm but, saying, like, well, in, in your case, I think you saw you saw them when you were much older, so you already kind of like were already well acquainted with like Buddhism and like how that stuff worked in like in like anime and stuff like that. So, well, I mean, I, I for for reference, I mean, I I did see it in Sailor Moon, like you said, with like Shinto, the Shinto religion, and 
as hard as they tried in the early, the, the mid to late 90s and the early 2000s to erase all Japanese culture from anime and completely Americanize it, like it's still there were still some visuals that you couldn't change, or there were still some like heavily tied plot points that you couldn't change to that kind of stuff. So I, it just it it never really bothered me. I've always kind of had the understanding that everybody has their own things that they believe in, and everybody has their own way of operating and like throughout life and stuff like that. So I just never, it never really bothered me. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, one. I just want to say it never bothered me either. Like it was one of those things where I didn't really even think about it too much when I was a, ch- uh, a kid. I just watched that, and to the contrary, it was like, oh, I uh, like I actually absorbed that that information. Like I, I got to know certain terms, and I got acquainted. Obviously, not in in detail, right? And this is also uh, a, a somewhat of an exaggeration of taking up the elements from from that religion and not actually knowing it fully. But it got me acquainted with it, and, and I, it got me familiarized. And it was my first approach to it. And I was like, oh, this is interesting this is something different and it's like i never really thought about it that much in that regard i just found it very cool when when i was kid when i was a kid and still to this day because it's a good way to introduce uh, the the attention to to like different religions to different uh spiritual and philosophical uh, discourse and, and topics and things that you wouldn't maybe you normally wouldn't get approached to 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 in so it's an interesting way to to introduce people to to those topics. Yeah, and that that, that was that was one of the things I found interesting. It was because like again, the, the reason why I brought this up is because again, me and Kamara we, we host the other show on Simon Says, and here and, and over there we were introduced to Ray and in, in her first, in the first episodes. It's very Shinto heavy, and like it was one of the things. Was, it's interesting to see that in in America when they when they played it here in America, they they didn't really get rid of, they didn't really like edit all that stuff out much at all. And you know, in Mexico, anything goes. It's like as long as you don't show, show sex on TV, you're you're perfectly fine. You know, you know, you can you can like again. They aired they aired this cartoon like in the afternoon, sometimes even early in the morning when all kids, all the kids are watching it and stuff like that. In the other the and if you've seen some of the fights they have, it's like they shouldn't be airing this in the middle of the day for us <laughs> kids. Well, we got away with it, fortunately. Somehow, so it's like regulations. Regulations be damned. But it's interesting to see. It's like, like you know, they treated that like they treated that stuff like with some sort of respect. You know, it's, it's still exaggerated. It's still kind of it, it's still kind of it's still kind of like funky. But they don't treat it. They don't treat it as a joke. They treat it as like a legit threat, and they also treat it with like with with, with respect also. That's a good. That's a great thing about Kurumada. Like you wouldn't like unless you actually were familiarized with uh, mythology, with uh, re- religious elements, with like everything that gets put into his stories. Even if he distorts it to fit the purpose of what he's using it for in his stories, it, the research that the man does and the way that he incorporates all those uh, mythological, religious, uh, spiritual elements into the techniques, the the, the the topics that the characters are talking about, it's outstanding. I've heard from a lot of uh, of uh, people that are more that are actually proper have properly studied like for example greek mythology and it com- in it continues to baffle me like how, how they mentioned oh by the way the reference that happens here in this part of sensei it comes from from this part of greek mythology like <clears throat> it sometimes it, it's it's still surprising to to realize how much effort the man puts into adapting that uh, original uh, that original 
topic element, etc., onto his stories. And I think that's okay, regardless of what we may feel or whatever anybody may feel about uh, Shaka. I think that re regardless of that, it's one of the things that makes him more, one of the most interesting characters in the franchise. The fact that because his attacks are based almost completely on Buddhism. It's it's he stands out like he stands out from all the different characters and he's unique in that regard. And it's gonna be interesting. We're gonna have a very interesting discussion later on once we get to once we get to Krishna back in Poseidon, where it's just like, um, how do you guys feel? like like? But again, this is like this is something we we can discuss, like something with back the back of our brain, especially for me and Bankoff, because like with 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 um with with uh, with that character, he his his thing was more um I believe. What was like Krishna? Chakra? Yeah, chakra stuff like that, like stuff like that. So it's like it's a complete other opposite. But he, they go into like he goes more into they go into that same kind of detail as well. So it's like it's gonna be interesting when we get to that point as well. So yeah, I mean it's it's, it's interesting that like not just mythology, not just the mythology of like like Greek mythology is being used in, in a very unique and unique way, but also we're seeing stuff like religion like with buddhism and also other tales outside of outside of the outside of um outside of greek mythology like the like the monkey king stuff you know without me knowing that's like the, that that must have been the earliest thing of monkey, monkey, monkey king thing i must have watched when i was a kid without me knowing what it was so because like before after that i'm pretty sure like that's when i started watching dragon ball and that's when i started getting a little bit more acquainted to it you know and then the internet came out and like kind of like then we started putting things two and two together and it's interesting that like like for a lot of us that was like our very first exposure to 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 stuff like to stuff like this so it's like i was just i was just wanted to get, i just wanted to pick your brain especially with you and um with with bankers because like you know we we're we we're both at that prime we we're both at a prime age where this thing kind of like like we we're exposed to this and we we're exposed to this like kind of we we're exposed to this very different thing that we're not used to in our neck of the woods and i was just wondering like how you how you felt about it because like again it was i find it interesting that like on one show we were talking about one thing how he felt and then another like we're seeing another thing like oh, we're seeing completely other thing happen at the same time on a, this other show so it's it's, a, it's very interesting where we are right now so but let's continue on shall we yeah sure so uh next up well, well at the end of that episode uh shaka decides that the best way to dispatch of Iki, if he can't kill him because he's just going to keep coming back is to just leave him as a husk of a person by taking away his senses one by one. And it kind of ends on a cliffhanger of, uh, you know, he takes away, but I forget what he takes away first, but he, he's like, he goes through all of the senses and eventually just leaves him as a vegetable that can't hear, can't speak, can't see, you know, can't feel anything. Just literally, I, I'm not even sure how the man is still standing. Um, but that's kind of where we leave off on episode fifty-seven. Um, so, yeah. any th any thoughts on the episode itself that you guys want to bring up? I yeah, I love this episode. Like it, Shingo Araki directed this episode. I think. That's oh, okay. Like, one of the reasons, like that, the fight against Shaka is so. I think one of the reasons why Shaka in general and and the fight against him is so memorable. It's because I think it's like the perfect combination of many of the most uh, interesting elements that that there's. The, the anime has to offer. It was uh, directed by Shingo Araki and the animation shows. The animation itself was top quality. The visuals, because of the way that Shaka fights, are, are very unique and very visually interesting. It deals with a lot of philosophical topics. It's a fight with Iki. He's like he's always he's always one of the the, the best to see him in action. It's it's a very difficult fight because basically the odds are completely stacked against the the hero. Uh, the music is like. 
here's the thing like it's not it may not be some of the most popular uh, songs out of the ost but they are definitely i think one of the most interesting in terms of execution like it's very like it's like that that type of sound like like very eerie very creepy in a way like that complements the the character itself of of shaka like i think everything gets uh, fits perfectly for what this episode is supposed to be in that regard so i i love it in in that sense um as a kid this episode kind of freaked me out because like it like again i i I lied i did see this episode it's the following episode i have not seen before the episode 57 i did remember i have very vivid memories watching this and like the thing that the two things that stood out the most was the stuff when when he takes him to purgatory, and it's like you know he's he's in that weird purgatory where it's like where he has to like where all the children are like making things to like make a tower and to a memory of like their um their parents, and the stuff where it's like you know here's um here's Iki like carrying Shun on, on his on his arms and he's like going through like, he's going through all this stuff with pain. It's just like as a kid that stuff that stuff was like that's still, that's that's still stood in my back in my brain when I watched it. It's still kind of like. I, I don't. I, I, I'm not saying to say it scared me, but it kind of like left. It kind of left an impact. Like it was. It like it, it kind of like it kind of left an impact right there. And the second thing that was that was kind of interesting that kind of left another same kind of impact was when Shaka just decided to like take all of his senses because like at that point it's like at, at that point I didn't know what like what was going to go what like what was going on like I didn't know what like we eventually figured out the, the end game with with his um we we eventually figured out the end game in the next episode but. But like it's like when you like I like I, I when when he started going up through all the things it was like I started like like one of the ones that he said was like the, the sense of smell I took a deep breath and like holy shit imagine like having to like not feel that way and like I oh god it's just like that thought of like just suffocating and like not being able to like use anything just is kind of terrifying mm-hmm. and I guess as yeah. a, like a, as like a as a nine ten year old when you're watching it's like, it's like the most terrifying thing just losing everything and. That 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 image of just Iki just standing up, like you know, with like his with, with the way that they drew the eyes, like without any with any pupils and stuff like that, was like I want to say like it, it's not it didn't really scare me, didn't really scar me, but it left an impression on me at a young age, and I, that's why I always like it's like the, the, those two images in particular stood out the most in this fight. I guess I guess the funny thing. I think the reason why I have so many memories is because I had I had the I think I rewinded these these episodes a lot on VHS, and I have the most vivid I had the most vivid uh, memories of watching them. So I have so it's like I have like so whenever I so like going to like going this at this point forward, I have a lot of nostalgia watching these episodes in particular, especially this next fight with with Milo because I think the, the Milo fight I think it's like the one I think I watched the most. I think out of all the VHSs that I had that survived. The fight between him, between uh, between Hyoga and um and um, Milo, was one of the ones that did survive the move to Me- to from the United States to Me- from Mexico to the United States. I think I watched that the most as I was as, as I was growing up. I would constantly rewind and watch all that all that 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 fight over and over again. I so it's like you know it's this and that and the, and the, and this upcoming fight that upcoming episodes that kind of like left kind of a weird kind of left, left an impression on me. So. Yeah, so I'm going to episode fifty-eight. Oh, I didn't get to say my feelings. Did you? I thought you did. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, there's, just, there's just one more thing that I wanted to bring up, and oh, actually, I thought of it because of Ben Haas um, talking about it. The animation for this episode was a notch up, with one exception, and that is because the animation was noticeably of a higher quality. Like this is obviously 
you know, a lot of key animation that they were looking to show off probably with like promos or um, just as like a, a key part of the show that they wanted to look good. Uh, because of that, uh, the reused animation was a lot more noticeable. There's yeah. a, there is a, a still shot the, with with the other two with so so basically what the seal shot is is it goes it shows Seiya unconscious then Shidio unconscious then Shun unconscious because they all got knocked out trying to fight uh, Shaka earlier but the problem is is that they're so beautifully detailed especially Shun's because Shun is not just unconscious Shun's got one leg like kind of kicked up and his chains are floating around him and it's like very elegant and beautiful but they use it four times. The same, the same pan across all three of them. They use four times, and by the fourth time, I'm like, were they just really proud of this, or did they need to buffer <laughs> some time out in this episode? I think it's, I think the latter. Either, I do believe either the they were super fucking proud of this Shun drawing that they did of him unconscious, or they spent way too much money on some of the other animation of this episode. And they needed to. You know what it, it is. You know what I think Probably. it is. You know what I think. What when was it happened? Is that I'm like, pretty sure what they, and this is what they do a lot on in animation is that what they do they animate the entire thing like they I'm pretty sure if you piece everything together you can get a nice mosaic out of it they do all that mosaic and it's it's just the camera panning and and they're trying to use as much as the, uh, much of it as much as they can and that's why it's like you well, it was it was just like still shots uh, over and over and over again it was and I understand what you're saying but like I think because it was a noticeable step up in animation even the still shots were drawn so beautiful i think that because they were there was so much detail like like if if they had just drawn like a normal unconscious shun in like a normal pose i probably wouldn't have noticed it but because of how like over the top like dramatic because shun can be dramatic at times like how dramatically he passed out on the ground yeah with his leg kicked up and the chains flying around and everything it just it was very very noticeable but that was my only my only gripe with the episode really all righty all righty is there anything else that we, we guys want to bring up before we move on to episode 58 no i think we can continue okay episode 58 so we, we have we so we got uh, so we got um Iki in a vegetated state well i don't know is it can we consider the vegetated state because like he, he's it's still chicken. alive but, he just, but he's a vegetable, basically. He, he, he destroyed everything that makes a man physically feel. And, like, the, imagine being trapped in your mind with, without being able to, to hear, to listen, to feel, to... Like, yeah. That, that's hell. That's hell on Earth. So, yeah. So, basically, so basically we're, we're, we kind of begin the episode with, the, with, the, with, 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 like, with, with, that, with that shot of, like, Iki still trying to, like, figure out, like, you know... Like, you know, his eyes closed, still standing up. And he's just, I think, and what I like is like showing flashbacks of like, I think that you're showing, like, I don't know if they're flashbacks or they're just, or Shaka's trying to play with his mind. Either or, like, it's just. That's what I want to know, because like, he can't, he technically can't see or hear anything, but he's having flashbacks. So like, that's just, it's, it's a weird thing. It's like, do you need senses for your brain to work? Like, can your brain still comprehend all of that kind of stuff if it has no sensory? Like, I don't. It's just, it was a very weird thought experiment for me watching this episode. That's on toy. That's not in the manga. But <laughs> they needed to, they needed to, to pay, to, ah, uh, what's it called when they, when they do filler to, to, pat it to, out. yeah, yeah, to, to, to pat it out. And that, that's what they thought about it. But hey, here's where that meme of the boys kicking a boy comes from. <laughs> wow. The one that eventually got replaced with uh jojo because it's basically the same ah, thing fucking course. Well, uh, I, I wrote down here I, I wrote down here as that happened jesus 
Jared was a dick. Because like like if if we go by the I don't know how they did it in the Spanish dub, but in the American dub he's like, oh yeah, he's insulted, he insulted your, your 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 soccer skills, and that's that's, that's when they started to get up. I was like, wow, what a dick. What yeah, a that, dick. Well, the, basically in the Spanish he was like, "We lost because you suck. You, are, you, you're stupid." Bam, and they started to hit him. Okay, so it makes better sense in Spanish, but it, it, yet, 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 English, yet, in the English version, it's like it's such a petty thing for him to get mad about, but it's also on brand for Jabu to be mad about. Yeah, I also think. I mean, like if we want to push push that what they were trying to do, you could justify it like very far fetched, but. You know, growing up in in an orphanage, in yeah. in a place that, like in an orphanage, the, the kids being assholes and them being treated like 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 cattle by the Kido Foundation, <laughs> like it sucks, but it makes sense. Yeah. So so yeah. So so but all this is so, so Iki having all all these all these weird things happen to him. It's like we, like again again we don't know if it we don't know if it's just plain, you don't know if these are flashbacks. You don't know if these are uh, these are. Um, this is, uh, we don't know if this is Shaka just trying to play with his brain a little bit more. Regardless, he, regardless, we start, uh, regardless, um, Iki's trying to, trying to formulate a plan. And I start, and I wrote down, and as slowly, literally, the, the temple starts to starts to kind of erupt. And I wrote down here, someone better call the repair guy. The temple is leaking because, like, the, the, <laughs> the, the entire because, like, the rain starts coming down and it starts waking up. It starts, I think, it's like slowly starts to wake up from Shun. And Shun wakes up and he tries to, and he's like, you know, he sees that, like, um, that. That Iki is incapacitated, he can't fight, he's in a vegetated state. He throws his chain at him and he wants to fight. And I wrote down here too. It's interesting that like the writers sometimes realize that Shun is actually a badass. And they and when they then Toy decides to do it, he they do it in such a they do it in a grand fashion. This is one of the few times where it's like he's not screaming for his brother, he's actually kind of standing up for him. And you said to forget when it gets why that was adapted in the manga. All right. So okay, so <laughs> so so that's so, okay. I, so that makes sense now because that's when they real when Shun has to be a badass. That's a Kuromata thing. When they decided to when they decided to make him when they decided to like w- like whistle him up, it's a toy thing. Okay, basically. Thank you. And I wrote and and basically as the other things start to wake up and they're like you know what's Ikki gonna do like this and then I wrote down here run for the next temple you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just like one of them. I I think it might have been Shun was just like. Oh no, Shaka's eyes are open. I was like, they've been open for a while. Catch up, like get up, get get caught up, girl. Let's go. And this is where it leads to like, something we were discussing off off stream, off off um, off recording. Where it's just like, uh, I think I, I don't know what happens. I, I don't know if like Shaka hits him again with something, hits hits Iki with something, or Iki falls down. But all of a sudden, he, he's on the ground. He's on the ground. And in the English dub, he's like, uh, Shaka's like, he's giving like this monologue, like, oh, you like, I know most powerful seen all this and this and that, blah blah blah. And he starts getting up again, and the, the guy who props the guy who doubles because he gives this this earnest line like eh, what, uh-huh. like like as he's getting up and it's just like like in mid sentence he's like eh, what, so the props uh-huh. the guy, exactly he gives like it's hard to it's hard it's hard really to describe what that sound he made that's like this legit bewilderment it's like I don't know if like they I don't know if they they showed him a if they, if the if the the AR at the VR at the AR director was they showed him a sign and it just, just kind of freaked him out or something. Or like they legit tried to take his tried to take his wallet or something, but legit, it, it legit was like a legit reaction. Like, what? Instead of like they, in other in any other area, like, like what's going did, on? They asked him. They asked him to do like his Tim the Toolman Taylor impression, and that's what we got. Yeah. So so basically after that, um, so so basically after that, like we, we kind of like realized what what why he kind of like let himself be taken like that, and that basically without losing any senses, he can hide it up everything to, to unleash his seven cents. 
so he starts so he starts to unleash all of his all of his senses and he gives his like his beautiful farewell to Shun. And he blows up. He, he, and and I like the I like what I like what he said. I like what Shaka says. It's like in the dub he says, So basically you, you did all this and you make yourself into a time bomb? And it's like that's actually a valid point. Yeah. I didn't really think about it till like right now, because like I know they use that attack a lot in the in the series, but I never really thought of it. I was like, they're just suicide bombing each other. That's what they're trying to do. With their own, with their with their own with their own uh, with their own cosmos. In a way, you could say that yeah, that's what it was. It was basically Iki maximizing and exploding his cosmos to the to the max. Because the thing is that uh, Iki realizes uh, that he cannot defeat Shaka with his uh, with his power. Like he, as a bronze saint, is uh, he, Shaka is too powerful for him to defeat in a normal way. But he realized through fighting Shaka that. Uh, the the by, by being deprived of his other senses, he would be able to w awaken his seventh sense and then do what Shaka basically did. Which the reason why he keeps his eyes closed is because he by depriving himself of one of his senses, he accumulates a more more cosmo, and it, whenever he opens them, he kind of like releases it in a, in a big burst, and that's what is what makes him able to. Unleash the ten oh, buhori. Gosh. So he basically used Shaka's own trick against him in order to achieve the level of a gold saint and defeat him in the process. But he had to sacrifice himself in order to do that. It reminds me, like I don't know if you, I don't know if any of you guys play Samurai Showdown, but it's just like he 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 let his burst out. He let, he let his rage <laughs> let his he let his rage out, and it's just like oh my god, I didn't I didn't I didn't put I didn't put two and together until like you mentioned that right now. I was like holy shit, he he wanted to complete like power rage, whatever you like to call it. And, and, and he just he did a super on him. If you want to put things, if you want to put things in the context of like, well, it's not really simple because I don't think I don't like. I do hope a lot of people that are listening to this show play Samurai Showdown. So if they did, it's like if you do, you're one, you're one of, one of the G's. Props to you. But second, like that's what kind of that's what kind of remind me as as you were mentioning. Oh shit! He just he just went to full burst. That's fucking awesome. That's um, uh, that's them showing intelligence when fighting and not just being all about brute strength, which is something that I appreciate whenever it happens. Yeah, and that's and I, that, all things aside. Yeah, that that's that that, that like, you know, like I said, like I have never seen this before, and having seen this for the first time, it's really really impactful. And I just wrote down here because like I was looking at it, and you know, I, I don't know if the version you saw Benkas was like this, but the me and the version that me and Comrade Furry watched, I'm very sure. I hope we watch the same version, Comrade Furry. Um, mm -hmm. It like you can tell like they like they, they they're trying to do this thing with the with the animation where it's like it was all red and stuff like that. And I remember very very distinctly in when I watched this whenever I watched it in repeats, I saw I would see that scene and it looked really cool on a CRT, but on 240p. But when it's cleaned up and it's on like on modern, it kind of loses the impact. It still looks cool, but I think it's more. I I, I said to, I wrote down here the effect the effect that he, the, of him trying to explode and, and trying to blow up. It's way more effective on a CRT. Designed to be shown in in the in that technology earlier. When you translate that to mm -hmm. high definition, it is gonna lose quite a bit of detail, especially with what uh, animation has been able to do since then. So yeah, it's unfortunately one of those things where I think it it still looks great, but yeah, when you compare it to what can be done nowadays, it leaves a lot to be desired. Yes. Yeah. yeah so um, yeah. So any thoughts coming right of furry? Um, I got an extreme kick out of him laying face down on the ground for an extended period of time. Like I thought that that was unintentionally hilarious. Um, but yeah, I did. I will say, and I I'm pretty sure I've said this before when we were doing the CGI series. Shaka is one of my least favorite of the Gold Saints. 
and this fight is one of my least favorites and it's not it's it's not because it's bad it's just that we're i, I feel like we're getting to the point now where everybody is like trying to one-up each other in like terms of strength and it's the the hierarchy of the gold saints isn't super clear like they're supposed to be all on the same level but like clearly like shaka is you know several leagues above some of the other ones at least as easily as they've been able to dispatch some of the previous ones i don't know it's just it's the the power creep is starting to set in with this it, it never really sat super right with me and also um my original favorite of the core five was yoga and he has been gone for 12 episodes at this point and i'm just ready for him to come back so i was i was just like i knew that they were going to be in the the libra temple next because of the the way it was set up and it's just like i i knew that's where yoga's body is and at this point i'm just like let's get this over with so we can get my blonde haired surfer boy back in my life because again we were watching the deep dub at this time so yeah get my blonde haired surfer boy back in my life um that was a joke. I don't think the deep dub made it that far, did they? No, I think I think they made it just at the beginning of. I think they made it just at the beginning of uh, of the century arc, like just as it started. So like, I know they got cancer death mask in there, but he is one of the earlier ones. Yeah, so because because we got to see him. We got to see him when they when he's at the Wulao Peaks. I think that the the ADV dub got further though. I think they finished the sanctuary arc. If no, I, I think they I think they added midway, like around this point, as a matter of fact. Oh. Hmm. Anyway, but but jokes aside, I, I'm just really ready for Hyoga to be back, so I'm excited to... Oh, you don't have to wait any longer. I know the gays are coming out. I wrote down like when I get to when I get to, when I get to when we get to that, I wrote down like a note here. Like I was like, yep, it, yep, it's the gays. The gays, the gays. I just wrote, I just wrote that down. The gays, just just right there. <laughs> no, no, I wrote down here. Here comes the gay. And, well, I mean, and no, no offense, no offense, no offense to no offense to to that community. I'm I'm. I I I I I'm I, I was switch hitter. Furry is Furry is confirmed gay. I, I don't know how you feel, Bangkok, but you know you work you you work you work with some of the LGBTQ plus two of them. So it's like you know I'm pretty sure you're cool with it. So it's like you know this is absolutely no 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 like I'm not trying to take a pot shot. It's just like that's the thing. It's like it's the gays. Well, episode fifty nine, which is our our next episode, again twelve episodes of Hyoga being gone. But we I, we also get the bonus of getting to see Cassius one last time, and yes, he's dead. But we get a lot of cute flashbacks of him of, of him and Shina, and I know that some of them we are animation that they were used, but some of those scenes were new, correct? Like, or at least not previously shown. I think so, but because yeah. like some of them were from the episode where he died, where he was. Like, like they were get, expanding his lore a little bit more, but I think some of these scenes were new. But either way, it was so cute to see Cassius for one last time. But what, what's what, 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 what's really back? Let's reel back to this episode, episode 58, just one last time. Because, like, I, I, as much as I want to talk about there's a lot, there's a lot else I have here about this. I want to get to the homosexuality. I know. I look, I understand that. That's what that was my first thought. But, like, we got, we got a, there's an order to this. So, bank us. Any thoughts on episode 58 in general? You better say no. <laughs> I, I'll just say that I, I like the conclusion to this fight. I, and the back then, when seeing it originally, you didn't know if Iki was going to come back again. I mean, of course, him being the Phoenix and already having come back from the dead, it was kind of like, he would probably will, but it was still, I think, was very well executed at the time. Well, he came back, he came back via bullshit, so... <laughs> yeah. But regardless, like, yeah, like, it, it was a really, I thought it was a fantastic episode. Like, if there's like... A, if there's two episodes that, that that are really good in this block of episodes, this one and the next one are like so my favorite. 
So what? What? So you know, we, we already that we already dabbled into episode fifty nine. Why don't we get Why don't we get started to? Um, why don't we get started with it? So yeah, so we basically an episode begins with the death of, with with the with the with the with the with the, with the passing of Iki, and everyone everyone's actually like, hey, the sun's out. You know what was going on? Because uh, I, I wrote down here, no, the rain was because of the Chaco was being a big dummy. So yeah, but doesn't doesn't uh, Aoria doesn't he like say that it's Cassius like Cassius, Cassius last or something? Yes, he says, yeah, it's just like no bitch, it's Shaka being an asshole like a couple miles away. Like it has nothing to do with Cassius. So yeah, so so basically, so basically, um, so basically, what ends up happening is like we're 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 with, uh, we're, we're with with um, Iodios, and he's taking Cassius's dead body back to China, and pretty much he's there to pretty much atone. Uh, he's pretty much there to atone to China, but China's like, no, he died because of me, because he and then we have flashbacks of China of China being taken care of as he's recuperating from being you know from the attack from uh, from Iodios. And when he figures out too, it's like, oh, he's like Yael has has this thing. He has like you know he's been attacked by the demon fist and he's possessed. That he has that you know they, he wants to sacrifice himself to do it. But then Cassius takes his takes takes her place. And like yeah, we get to see we get to see like the, the cute stuff that he's doing like like around the house and trying try to take care of her. Like, this is a really funny scene where it's like he makes soup and like there's a there's a part where it's like he's he hands the soup but he's turning around. His eyes closed, his eyes covered, so he won't see Shaina Lauder's his mask. It's hilarious. But you know, it's 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 a hilar- it's hilarious and cute, but also very tragic at the same time when you think about it. Like it adds more to it when you start figuring out, like, oh my god, this guy, this guy, we get to see it from the perspective from the person he was trying to take care of, and how she felt about it, and how grateful she felt from from, from all of this, and her internal internalization of what's been going on with all, all this situation. So I thought it was a really beautiful. Uh, well, I think it was a little too long of a scene. It was a really beautiful scene to watch. So, um, so. One. I have a question for the two of you because I'm I'm conflicted on this as well. So in the last episode that we did, um, when we covered the last batch of episodes, I mentioned that I personally liked that Cassius's death meant something in in this version of it. Because um, Ben House, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I know that the the 3D animated show did this, but I believe you said in the manga also like his his sacrifice is kind of in vain because it doesn't actually work. Was that in the manga as well, or was that just the 3D? Animated? That was also in in the manga as well. Like it depends on the way that you want to see it, because like he didn't uh, ha- the the way that it happens. Like he kills himself, or he uh, uh, he punches into his in his both his hands into his stomach, and Ayoria doesn't really react from that, and Cassius is like dying. But it's kind of left ambiguous if he actually died in that moment, or if he was just on like dying on the verge of that, and that's why. It, still hadn't got an effect and it's not until say uh, uh kicks uh, is able to beat uh, with, with one final attack uh, ioria that he finally kind of like snaps from that but he was like it does mean something because uh, like the only way that the spell was going to be broken is somebody dying in front of ioria so Cassius did not die in vain but it does feel a little bit uh, underwhelming compared to how emotionally per- emotional it was portrayed in the anime. So definitely the anime did a better execution of, of giving that emotional edge to it uh, compared to the manga and, so, uh, and the CGI show. Here's here's my like devil's advocate, because that's how my brain always works. Do you think that this scene... Cause, so basically, what for everybody listening, what's happening is that Leo is confessing that he's the reason why Cassius is dead. And of course, uh, um, 
Pizzazz. I keep wanting to call her Pizzazz. Shina. Shina. <laughs> Sorry. But old habits die hard. Uh, Shina is like, no, it's my fault. Like, he did it because he loved me. Do you think that this, the context of this, would have been more dramatic or played out in a more interesting way if it was the how it happened in the CGI where basically Cassius's death did nothing? Like, I, I because then it would be oh yeah, Cassius killed himself, but it didn't even, like, it didn't even stop me from my rampage. It still took Saya to stop me from my rampage. So he actually died for nothing. And that being kind of a more hard-hitting stance. I, I was just wondering how, because in the moment last week, or last episode, I really liked that, you know, he actually broke the spell by dying. But then with this follow-up scene in this episode, it might have been more emotional had he not been able, not been successful and then Leo is having to not only tell her that he died, but also he died in vain for the most part. It have been more tragic, certainly. And depending on the way that they executed, they could have uh, played on that a bit more. Uh, it also depends on the way that you want to see it, because this scene is uh, is made to pad out the episode. But it's still a, a good way to pad it out. It's just... It, I, I believe it was necessary. Like, Shina needed to find out that this happened eventually. And I think that this is a good place to put it when it's not as action heavy or I don't want to say it's not plot heavy because when we get to the main point of the plot, like obviously like this is an important episode. It's a very important episode, but it's not one of the big battles. So it's not like they're disrupting a massive fight to tell this sob story. Like it kind of, it, it felt like it fit more reasonably here for something that needed to happen. I agree. But yeah, um, I, I wrote down some notes here, but I, the notes were actually for stuff that's more pertaining to like the, the stuff that we discussed pre- um, previously. But there is one note. It's like I just kind of said to myself, like I kind of stopped and th- realized if the deep they made it this far, how they would have, how would they have like gone, how how would they handle a lot of this stuff? I don't know. I I feel like. I feel like Deke got into a similar situation that Funimation got, or not Funimation, Four Kids got into with One Piece, where it was just a popular property that they wanted to grab, and they didn't do a lot of research on it. <laughs> um, but hey, I mean, like they they found a way to work around in Sailor Moon where all the characters die like six times over. So I'm sure that they would have found something here. Yeah. So that was that was what that was my other thoughts, but yeah. I know I was I know that's not that's not pertaining to this discussion, but I was like that's one of the things I was like, we made it this far with so much with like so much death and bloodshed. I'm surprised like I'm I, like I'm I, I would be like I'm wondering in some other timeline if this was actually successful, like what would he have done? But regardless, I thought this was a really emotional, really, really impactful little scene with with China, Iodios and um Cassius getting getting to know him a little bit more as to what happened and um, explain to China what happened as well. So I, I, so we cut we cut back to the sanctuary, and I like that there's, there's a shot where it's like Mu has his helmet on randomly. And it's like, I just wrote down here. Imagine you put your helmet back on, Mu. So I completely forgot about that until you mentioned it. Yeah, it's like randomly they, they do a panning shot. Like it's one of those shots where it's like you gotta make sure that you gotta make sure like like everybody's still alive and they're still trying to fight for Sayori. And she's like, you know, she's she's like. Eh, eh. And like, and it just cuts to like it has Moo and Kiki, and Moo just randomly has his helmet on again. I'm like, so what? Did you just have it on? Just why did you have it on? And you took it off. Like, just make up your mind, Moo. God damn it. <laughs> so yeah, so the rest of the saints go. So the rest of the saints, um, they they make it to the Libra Temple, 
and they're surprised because they find they surprise they find a frozen duck there. They find <laughs> Yoga. I literally wrote down who ordered the frozen duck. <laughs> I did twelve episodes ago. God. So yeah, so basically, he, so basically he, he plays catch up, and they're like, and pretty much Shiryu being the exposition machine he is, he's like, okay, I, I know who this was. My master told me about a guy about a ma- about a um about a guy who can actually who can control absolute zero. And it's like they're trying to like in a long, a long convoluted way to make to try to tell you this is this is uh, this is Kamus. Yeah, because in the manga, in the manga, his Camo is his master. Yes. So it was an easy connect the dots type of thing. But they had to throw in, you know, he this looks like it's even stronger than the Crystal Knight, who's his master. But I heard that the Crystal Knight's master. It's like, okay, why do we have to do like like the whole uh, nepotism baby? It's like, well, my uncle's uncle works for Microsoft, you know, type of. (laughs) Yeah. And I wrote down here because, like, like, uh, like, say I was like just bewildered, and he said, I think the line of this, the line of the show, he says, say asking, this doesn't make sense. Pretty much sums up how everyone feels at this point. Well, my favorite part, my favorite part was when they walked in and they're like, uh, "Oh, this is um, the Libra Temple." Sorry, I was I forgot where we were for a second. He's like, "This is the Libra Temple," and he looks over at Sh- uh, Shitty and he's like, "This is your master's cloth, so we won't have to fight anybody here." Like, say is just happy that they could just walk straight through a fucking temple for once. Like yeah. he's over having to stop and fight. You know, they're already running behind by like thirty minutes, so they this is a temple they can book through. But no, unfortunately, they can't book it. So basically, what ends up happening is I think they're like, "Okay, so how do we free them?" And then out of nowhere, I don't know, I don't, like out of nowhere, the the lead Rakoff appears, and we we spend like five. I I swear to God, we spend like five minutes with Shuyu showing off all the all the sweet things that the, that the cloth can do. Well, it's one of the sweetest cloths ever. Because right, I wrote down, "This is the best cloth." I wrote down here too. Nice for showing off your katas, but when are you gonna free? When are you gonna free um Hyoga? Yeah, it's, it just felt like it was like a um, he was doing a school report in front of the class where he had to like it's like it's like okay his his essay had to be five hundred words so he's like and this is the sword it was granted upon him millions of years ago and it cuts things with precision and I was like and, and that was the tan fuzz I'm like tan fuzz tan fuzz no he says it weird well, he says tan fuzz no he. He says like Tongfa. He says something weird. He, he got it right though. He got it right. If I, it's uh, as as a weapon kind as a hand to hand connoisseur, I he did say it right. I'm telling you, it's weird. Okay, just just trust me. Oh, fine, fine, <laughs> fine. Okay, you're ruining my jokes. I hate it. I, know. I hate it here. I know. Uh, but no, it, it, it's more like yeah, it's like so, it's like some like ten year old trying to do trying to show his black his sweet black belt like you know presentation to like all of his kids. Like I'm pretty sure afterwards he's had to break a brick a brick of wood. So it's like that, mean, that, that's what that's what it felt to me because I was like, this is great. You're I telling mean, off it's great that you can show this all off and you're great that you can use all of this, but there's a guy frozen and you know you're on the clock here. Well, I mean they if they think he's dead at first, and then they realize that his heart is still beating, and then I think that that's when things pick up. But basically, like what what it boils down to is one of these weapons is like it's like the Goldilocks thing, like one of these weapons is strong enough to destroy the ice but not going to kill Hyoga and the other ones are going to destroy the ice and kill Hyoga. So they really just have one shot and he's got to with literally nothing to go off of other than just pure instinct Shiryu has to decide what weapon to use to potentially like he has a one out of how many weapons are there? Well, there's, there's 12 in total. There's six, six of them. Six, there's six, six but there's, there's six sets of, of two. So it's like it's 12, it's 12 weapons but it's, it's so they have duplicates. 
so he's got a one and six shot basically of saving his friend and then a five and six shot of just straight up murdering his friend <laughs> and he has nothing to go on there's absolutely nothing other than intuition but i mean i guess if anybody if if you want to trust anybody's gut instinct i guess shitty is the one that you want to trust in their gut instincts because he's usually pretty right and i wrote down here like i wrote down here imagine he just picked up the nunchucks and just hit himself in the groin <laughs> i just wanted him to try to use the tomfas on it because like because i was just like imagine just like smacking a big block of ice with a fucking tomfa. why won't you break back. this is the weapon i chose i can't go back they already put it away i can't do this anymore but yeah, it's like I I I I don't know why I wrote that down because I, I I think at that point I, I wasn't say I was checked out, but I was more like I, I think like reality started sitting. It's like man, they're they're they're, they're really trying to like glorify the fact they're trying to make this, this big thing over nothing. So it's like why, why aren't you just gonna free them already? So yeah, I think well, I, I was let down that they chose the sword. Like the sword is the savior. There's all these cool weapons, including a trident, which in in the English dub he calls it a spear, and I just kind of looked funny at him. And I'm like, yeah, hmm. But I was gonna, I, I was gonna, right. but you know, wait, wait till we get to Poseidon. At least in Poseidon, those those things get a lot, of, get a lot of use in a good way. I know. That's why I was like, I was like, is he? Is like, where where was this when we were fighting Poseidon? <laughs> but anyway. um, but yeah. So they 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 free um they free um they they free Yoga. Yoga. And the other and pretty much are like they they realize that he's still alive. They didn't kill him. God. And pretty much. Somehow. Somehow they didn't kill him, and he and, and like he says, like you know, his body is still like kind of his body still like cold. Like so, so, I soon will take care of him. So, while you two go, while you two go on ahead, and yep, Some, somebody, somebody, I forget who it was. Somebody said he's ice cold, and I immediately thought of what's cooler than being cold? Ice cold. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I was thinking I more of ice, ice, baby. Do, 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 do. Oh, don't get sued though. We can't do that. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we, only, we only did it for like two seconds, so like we won't get sued. If there's a ding at the end to prove that we're different, yes. But no, real, real OGs get that joke. Yeah, but yeah. So, <laughs> so basically, 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 Shun stays behind. He's like, I have to find out some way to do him. I know some people like warm his body by by, by being close to him, and it's like he's like. I heard that you can warm people with your body heat. It's like Shun. And exactly what part of the internet did you find that on? <laughs> and it's like, and, and if there's one magazine where you're reading where you learned this, Shun, and it, like, and it's one of the things where it's like, look, if this wasn't uh, like you make these jokes, but it's very obvious, like what they were trying to do. Like they were not trying to hide the fact what they were. Not, they're, not, they're, not, they're not trying to like. They almost the, kiss. They almost kiss two different times. Thank you. I was gonna say, like, there's a clear shot where it looks like he gets up close to him, and like, like I'm pretty, you know, in 1986, you know, you like you have to use your imagination, but I'm pretty sure in 2023 you have Photoshop, you can do some previous scenes with this particular scene. But regardless, like, they were not trying to bury the lead. They knew. They toy knew where where the money. Toy knew, like, I, I toy knew where the bread was, where the butter was being spread on the on the bread. They knew where where the money was coming from, and they knew exactly what what they were doing here. Let's not lie. We knew exactly what this was. It just well, it, it's that kind of situation where if you are, hopefully, there's nobody listening to the show that's one of these people. But if you're one of those like anti-LGBT people, it's explainable. Like you can explain it away. You can rationalize it in your head. 
if you're any other rational human with eyes on the planet, like they're gay. But I mean, like yeah. if you were a like if, if you're one of those like people that's like super anti LGBT, it is technically explainable. He technically was trying to save him with his body heat and his cosmo, and they needed to be close together. Two bros sitting in a hot tub, ten feet apart, so they're not gay. Like that, you can definitely give it that vibes. But to anybody with eyes that isn't prejudiced, this was homophobic. Homophobic? No, homosexual. Yeah, homo like, <laughs> no, you're saying the opposite. This is this is totally. This is all the homo all the time. Every homo. Every all this all homos all the time. It's like and it's 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 no. It's it, like I said, like like you like there's people that can disagree, but no, 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 no. I'm. I'm here to tell you right now that it, this is absolutely not like this is absolutely what they were trying. To, it's absolutely their intent. And, and this is what, and like not to not to beat a horse that's been dead for two years, but this is why I I'm so adamant about the Shun being changed into a girl because like when people say oh Shun wasn't gay, it's like Shun wasn't canonically gay, but Shun in the zeitgeist and and in the greater fandom and in the broader sense of interpreting actions of a person was on the LGBT spectrum somewhere. Yeah. Whether it was bisexual or pansexual or, you know, what, whatever other kind of like label that you want to put on it, he's in that spectrum somewhere. And it's very clear by the actions. So it, that's why I was so adamant about, talking about how wrong it was to change this particular character into a girl uh with the 3d animated show because this it's it's gay like it's 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 in your face it, it's, it's totally in it, your face. There, there's there's no way like i i know ramses that you joked about it before and, and even ben has might have joked about it before but like your mom comes in and like walks in on this scene of you watching this anime as like a 10 year old or a seven year old or whatever there's no heterosexual explanation for this, even when you try to shoehorn in the the body heat type of thing. Like the context and the the camera angles and everything about it is gay. Like this is a gay moment in in anime history, and I will not let anybody take that away from me. Soapbox over, stepping down, letting someone else talk now. Bekas, uh, anything else in this particular episode? I think I pretty much ran the entire gallon. Is there anything else I'm missing, or anything else that you want to discuss? I do want to add something to, to to the thing with the scene, and I think that unfortunately is one of the things that added to the discourse about this particular scene. Um, I can uh, okay. I don't want to get into the the, the whole discussion uh, about it because I do agree with it. Like the way that it is presented, it's meant to be to be like that. But the thing that pissed me off and that I didn't re realize on, until watching this episode right now is, uh, I it actually pisses me off that the toy were cowards in the sense of that they they didn't even like stick to their guns, because okay. Leaving aside sexuality topics, the logic behind Shun covering the entirety of Hyoga's body and covering him with his leg. To be able to evenly spread the heat of his Cosmo to him in order to revive him, you can stick with that explanation. And it would have worked if they would have stuck with him in that position. But at the very last moments of the episode mm -hmm. closing, he changes to the regular position of just having him in his, uh, like holding him in, in his arms more in a, in a, a like sitting, a uh, yeah, in a, like a sitting position. I'm like, and then because, because I remember that in the next episode, uh, the, 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 the very next episode, uh, like he, they remade entire entirely the scene by having him do that. Like he never he never calls him. He just grabs him like that, and that's the way that he transitions into on onto like Shiryu and Seiya realizing that. I'm like, 
okay, if you're already gonna do this in the in the beginning, then why not stick to your guns? Why not just have it that way? That that's that I saw. That's like the thing that that I noticed with this because I don't think there's there's anything wrong with it. Like regardless of what Shun may or may not be, or what Kurumada's position may or may not be, that he's never really particularly cared about the like going too much into detail about some of the characters in that aspect. If the story doesn't demand it, he doesn't really go into in that that much detail. But but like Shun has always been a. Um, uh, a character that that kind of like can emphasize the other aspects of masculinity that sometimes get, that at the time got very attacked, which was like being sensible, being more uh, in touch with your emotions, maybe uh, be maybe maybe be, being attracted to to males. Like it's it's just a shame that it creates such discourse just because they didn't even decided to to like stick to one thing. That that's all I'll say on the matter. Regarding the, the the purpose of the episode, that's this is the way that we finally got Hyoga back, and it was interesting to see how they were actually able to make one episode on this chapter that's so short in 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 the manga. So it amazed me that they were actually able to get a full episode out of this only. Well, half of it was also spent like half half the episode was also spent with, with Iolios and um, China. Yeah. So it's like in regard in regards to them changing the position. I, I did also notice that, but I pretended I did not see it. But my reaction to that, just because you brought it up, um, I'm going to quote Futurama from one of the Tales of episodes that they did. The announcer just goes, that happened, and now it can't unhappen. So it doesn't matter if they change the position. It done happened. We done saw it. So what can you do? Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I like. Overall, for me, the, the episode was, I thought it was a really good episode. Like, like, uh, uh, like the gay thing aside, you know, I think, we, I think this, this, that deserved, we, I think that was one of the earliest topics we wanted to touch upon, like, later on. So it's one of the things where, like, I would love to have an expanded um, discussion with Conrad Furry and possibly someone else from the LBGQ plus side of things who, like, just has to sit down with us and we have, like, a, like a frank discussion about sexuality in St. Seiya like this. So it's like, I... Uh, so it's like you know, it's one of the things where it's like I, on one hand, like I, like, like I'm like, I, like as someone that just recently came out as bi, like you know, uh, I, 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 I feel like like I should be part of the discussion, but I think you guys, like someone else, like like you, come refer you have a little bit more experience. You like it's one of the things where it's like I should, like I still, even though I am bi, I think it's one of the things where it's like I have to learn my position and just shut up and let you hand, like handle the discussion. Well, I would, I'd love to do some kind of special, especially if we could. Like if one of those LGBT people that we are able to get in is like somebody that is also one of our mutual Sailor Moon fans and just kind of do like a double because like both of those are so influential. Like there's a couple of other anime, but they're, those are the two that are so influential for having those moments of like queer celebration at such an early time before that was a thing that people even thought about celebrating. And I, I think that'd be a really interesting idea to talk about both of them, or we could just talk about St. Seiya. Like, I don't, I don't care either way, but uh, that would be a really fun episode to do, but because there's just so many, there's so many little gay things that happen. And I feel like not to get like super tangential here, but I feel like a lot of times now it's, it tends to be younger kids, I will say, but they'll they'll be, be watching a show and two characters will interact and they'll look at each other and they'll be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe the show just confirmed that they're gay. It's like you you should have saw the stuff we had back in the day, like this episode. Like I you could sit there and say, you know, 
yoga or not yoga um shun is effeminate like he's he's gay he's effeminate you can sit there and say it all day long but this is where we got it really confirmed that like there's some kind of queer likening to this character for sure because men can be effeminate effeminate femininity does not equal homosexuality or bisexuality or it doesn't dictate anything other than your style and your preferences as far as aesthetics and stuff like that as but this is as Kurumata tries as Kurumata writes some um, shun as a matter of fact but going back to like using shun because like shun as Benkaz mentioned whenever whenever we get those glimmers of like him being a badass it's all Kurumata and Kurumata realize like he might be a pretty boy but he's also a badass and you know, like he is still a badass he knows his position he knows what he can do with it with his ability Right, like he he went through all of that training and essentially child torture, you know, yeah. on Andromeda Island because Andromeda Island was better than than uh, Hell, whatever what was it called the where Iki went. I'm blanking. Um, uh, the, the Death, Death Queen Island. Island, Death Queen, Death Queen. It it was much better than Death Queen Island, but they've said multiple times that Andromeda Island was not a cakewalk by any means. It was not even the easiest of the assignments that people got sent to by a long shot so he's been through it he's been through a lot of stuff we get to see a little flashback of that i think in this episode actually um no, next episode him, next episode i wrote because i have it, i have it written down it's like, it, it was uh, 60 okay i knew it was i knew it was one of these two episodes where we get to see more so like andromeda island wasn't easy so he's been through a lot and and kuramata understands that i think a little bit more than toei does i think mm. toei is a little bit more set in characters are x y and z and hardly ever change but you know that's just my opinion <laughs> it's yeah it's one of those things and it's something that people don't I'll, I'll just go on this tangent real quick to, to end this topic but it's one of the things that uh, people don't don't really think about Kurumada because sometimes they even go so far as to say that he's misogynist or that he's anti-lgbtq when the, and the people that say that have never read any of his works okay just to keep it in saint seiya one of the best characters one of the most iconic characters and one of the most memorable and also powerful characters in Next Dimension, it's a Cancer Death Toll. And he is a member of the LGBTQ, confirmed in the manga, in the show, well, in, the, in, in his story. He, he, and he's, he's still a badass in, in that regard. Like, if you read the story, you'll realize just how powerful he really is. And he, like, he doesn't care about sexuality in the sense of being a something good or bad he he used it just when when he thinks uh, appropriate he thought it appropriate for that character and that character is fucking fantastic that's all i'll say on the matter all right like i said mm. this is this deserves so much of an expanded discussion here it's like it's it's so it's such a it's such an interesting topic and like i said like it, from the very beginning this was something that i wanted to do. but you know different things that led to different plans and whatnot but like this is something i definitely want to explore again later on so why don't we so any uh, outside of that, outside of those things, anyone else want to bring up anything before we move on to our last episode of this? And I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, episode sixty. So yeah, so we're continuing on with Shun. Shun is is still with with Yoga, trying to trying to um trying to heat up his body, and he's remembering back to his days training back at Andromeda Island. I wrote down here. Oh, holy shit! They actually, these guys have names because like last time we saw these guys, they were trying to stop um they were trying to stop uh they were trying to stop uh, um Shun. From going yeah. to, or was it trying to already talk about Junae from? Uh, no, they were starting. They were attacking Shun, oh. and that's why he was late to get to the plane to leave for, uh, to leave for um, sanctuary, mm. sanctuary. Yeah. Because this, that's where he learns that it was uh, Scorpio Milo 
that went to his uh to went to Andromeda Island and killed everybody and all of that stuff because they they bring it up later in the episode not to get too far ahead but like Seiya starts talking about Milo as if he knows him yeah and like how does, how does he know this and then I was like oh yeah in in the anime it was Scorpio Milo that went to the uh, Andromeda Island and killed everyone and that they set that up to you know many episodes later to where we're at now to have this conflict happen yeah even though it's like they, they figure out later oh you got the wrong guy <laughs> yeah but um but yeah so like he's he's going back to his training he's going and i also wrote down here uh sub alador because like that's like that's his mentor in the anime so uh but yeah, it's like we get to see a little bit of a flashback and a little bit of like you know, uh, like him training at at, um, at Andromeda Island. Like I said, it's interesting to see. It's like you know the, the difference between the, the, his training that he had in the in the manga, where I think it was like more like focused on him being like you know strength and like trying to find like spirituality solo. Mm-hmm. And here he's just he just has to like go through all these people like that has to go through like a convert of other of other students, and you get to see those other those others in Andromeda Andromeda Saint Tophels as well using chain ability. So it's Interesting to see that they um that they that, that we can see a little bit more of that. Cut. Is this the last time we see June? I I no no no. He she still appears later because she has to appear uh, for the flashbacks with uh, Aphrodite. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I knew that she was very rarely in this edition. But so. it's good to see June back as well. So that, that's really cool as well. But. Regardless, like you know, we just it's just a, it's a it's a fight. We get to see how how badass he is. Again, like this is very different from how it's how, how things are in the manga, but I think it's a good way to establish too. Like you know, he's he's skillful when needed. But they try mm-hmm. to paint it in a picture of like, oh, he's only skillful when it's only skillful because like he he's only because like he's because he's weak and stuff like that. But no, he's always secretly been a badass. But just like we like they, they kind of downplay it. Unfortunately, and I kind of don't like that in a way. Where it's just like, oh, uh, you're kind of like downplaying your badassness. That's what I'm always complaining about uh, the 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 anime. It's it's not a, it's not just to slap at the anime or or, or just to do it for the sake. Of, oh no, the manga's better. No, it's just that it changes so much because it completely changes the the lighting which Shun is presented. In the manga, he 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 has also his moments of weakness, but he's mostly a badass, and it's his nature, his good nature, his his personality, he, he him being the 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 pure individual that he is what is against him as being a saint because that's basically what holds him back from using his true power the problem with the with the anime is that because they obviously they the animated parts before that information got revealed or because they exaggerated that that weakness shown in the manga as well but they, they also presented in a more exaggerated manner in the anime shun is presented in a in, in a in a worse light in the anime because he comes off as much weaker than he really is supposed to be because he is a badass like he's always been a badass it's just his nature that prevents him from being a good warrior because mm-hmm. in, in, if he if it were up to him, he would never fight. He would never raise his fist against an opponent. But unfortunately, he has to because he's a saint of Athena, and that's like the the weakness that he has, and the one that gets pointed out to him all the time. It's not that he lacks the ability; he has it. He could be one of the most powerful uh, saints if, if he used it. But he but he uh, nerves himself, if you will. Yeah. Right. 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 So um, yeah, any thoughts on on on, on everything so far, Comrade Free? Um. Mine's more so on some stuff that we like the framing of the flashback, I guess, is more what mine was on mm. uh, because I, I just I really like I have a note here because, you know, he's sitting there potentially 
his first time with a dude <laughs> and his brother just appears as an apparition. I was like, I could not imagine like me, like in a compromising position with another man. And then just like the spirit of one of my dead relatives just shows up. <laughs> it's just how fucking awkward that must've been. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, what? It's like, I always suspected, but like, mm, okay. Like, I like, do you mind? like, do you mind a little <laughs> privacy dude? But then, like, right after the flashback, they have another, like, tender moment where he gets so close to Hyoga, like, they're about to fucking make out, like, the whole fairy tale, like, Snow White, you gotta kiss the princess to wake her up type of moment. Like, it felt like that's almost what they were gonna go for. And then, like, Shun is just rambling on and on and on about, well, not on and on, but he's just, like, talking about how, like, oh, it's his Cosmo, he's gonna fill... She or not shitty. He's gonna feel Hyoga with his Cosmo oh, and just like bring him to life. And I was like, if, you, if you replace Cosmo with penis, all of this would still work contextually. Anyway, Everything. so so basically, <laughs> so shit, so so Shiryu and so Shiryu and make it to the to the Scorpio Temple, and they they sense that they sense that Shun is is doing something with with Hyoga, unmentionable things to him or mentionable things. I don't know what depends on what side you where you think of. But regardless, they, they they feel they feel this amazing power coming from from Shun, and it's like, and and Shuri was like, you know, this this reminds me of a story about, about this guy about these animals that find this that find this hunter, and like the bear brings them food, the deer brings them food, this and that, and then at the very end, the 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 um, the, the the bunny he like he he's so weak and he doesn't have anything. He did he did he had to do something to to get to to help the um, to help the to help the hunter, and I wrote down here by sales logic. Shun right now thinks that he that that Shun is dipping himself in a vat of barbecue sauce to, to save Hyoga. That <laughs> sounds uh, interesting. Because like I'm like that knowing Sayo's like dumb logic. I'm like he's like he's like so he he's like he's I think he says so he sacrificed himself to make himself food. And I'm like so I'm just committed. Just it 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 it's like and then it just cut to Sayo's brain. Just like him just like like him just dipped this joke. Just uh, Shun just dipped in barbecue sauce. So I mean, we get to we get to. I think we're starting to see a formula, guys. And tell, tell me, stop me if you heard this. Tell, stop me if you heard this one before. We get to we get to Milo. Milo is taunting them, and they start and they start the fight, and they're absolutely and they're absolutely getting wrecked by by Milo. And and I wrote down here because like I, I, and no, I'm, not, I'm gonna mention the second thing first. It's a, we get to see something that's interesting. We get to see Seiya and Shiryu do a tandem attack, something that we really don't see in the series. Something that no, like I, that. What? I was just gonna say no. It doesn't happen too often. So I really I do I do appreciate that they get that they got away with that. But they're they're but even then like to show to show how powerful Milo is, they um they they wiped the he wiped the floor with with uh with, with Seiya and and uh, Shiryu. Shiryu. And what he does he does he finally uses his Scarlet Needle and he uh gets him and like there's like I'm feeling like getting paralyzed and this and that and you know and the fight goes on like that like that's how the fight ends and then the episode and the episode ends with um, Hyoga finally appearing. You know, with Shun in his arms, lovingly in his arms. And I wrote down here, it seems like we had a formula at this point. The Saints get the the Saints get the ass handed to them by the Gold Saints, only for the main fight, like the fight that we're supposed to have, happen later, and that's when the, that's when the real fight happened. So we're just we just saw like the warm up, and you know, just to see how the abilities of Milo. But now we're seeing like the but now we're going to see the next like the next these next episodes. We're gonna see like the real fight. So I feel like we we kind of hit that we kind of hit that stride right now. Like that we kind of hit that formula. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I never yeah. like talking about formulas, but 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 you are right in the sense that that's pretty much the way that Kurmal always presents the fights. Like he usually will have, well, not necessarily all the time, but 
he would present like the characters that are about to engage and uh, he will always uh, like make them like test their abilities and, and usually the the hero or the, the protagonist of the mo of of the fight will struggle uh, against the abilities of the opponent the opponent will reveal like his set of skills and then the 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 hero will find a way to 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 overcome those uh, those abilities be it mm -hmm. by using intelligence be it by using more power or be it by um by uh, like like applying a lesson previously learned to to be able to overcome that, but yeah, that's pretty much the the structure of how Kurumada uh, stages his fights. That's yeah. So I, I kind of realized that, like, like kind of realized it as I'm watching these. Like, I know I I, I think it's, it's not a bad way. I'm like I'm not mentioning this in a bad way. I just it's something I started noticing. I think it's a great way to frame this because like like I think it's a good way to show. How the ability of the opponent, and then show off like like what 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 the what the main fighter has to like get through to see what he like what he has to go through next. And I wrote down here because like the it ends in a freeze frame of of Milo, and he's got like this crazy ass look on his face. Yeah, he looks like a psychopath. He's like, mm. you you know what he reminds me of? I don't know. You guys watch The Boys? I yeah. don't, but I am familiar with it. So you guys you guys are familiar with Homelander, right? Yeah. He has a he has, he's got the Homelander eyes. He's got like this look of like <laughs> yeah yeah he does. Like he's got like this look of like I want to kill each and every one of you, but I can't. <laughs> so yeah, I, I know I know I, I know I bum rushes, but that's pretty much how the episode is pretty much. So like any thoughts on the episode uh, so far, Benkas? Yes, I fucking love this episode. I love it. Okay. Uh, just to, to the viewers, I have to be, I have to, to disclaimer, I am very biased, I am a Scorpio, and Milo is my favorite gold saint, so, okay. Okay, having put, having made that disclaimer, I love this episode for a number of reasons. Um, to, to add to what you were saying, the way that, that Milo showcases his abilities, the way that he basically toys and uh, puts to shame both Seiya and Shiryu, and how he basically pummels them and, and destroys them <clears throat> like I, he's presented in such a it's such a cool and badass way like and the uh, again this episode was directed by araki you, you can tell by the animation so it's superb the way that he just plays with them and how he puts them in in their place as bronze says compared to his power as a gold saint like everything about this episode is it's fucking magnificent for me it's one of my favorite episodes of the entire of the entire show yeah, I, I think I'm more partial to the following episode myself when they actually have the fight because, like, I think, like I said, I've watched the fight so many times on home video, and I thought, like, oh my god, this is actually a really good. This is such a good fight how they handle it and stuff like that. But this episode was just a start. Like I said, I wasn't trying to make light of the fact that it's formulaic. I'm just, I just started noticing this, and like, I'm not knocking. You are correct. I do, I do believe that, like, the way they, the way they had it, um, the way, the way this fight is, is a great way to explain power. I think that that's an absolutely perfect way how to do it, you know. And like I said, like I just kind of like I just kind of stumped, I just kind of stopped and realized what was going on. It was like that moment of realization, and like it was just a moment where it's like I kind of realized what was going on, but it was never meant to, to be in a bad way. It was just something that just kind of popped in my brain. And you are correct. Like it, I, the reason why I say this, is, this was actually really good, like the reason why this is good and this works, is because it uh, it frames Milo as such a badass and, and an unstoppable badass. And later on, we in the later on later on this fight goes on. You realize it's like that's not enough either. Like it really takes a they literally takes the kitchen sink and more to take them out, and that's not even enough. Also, yeah. So also also one thing that I think gets uh, doesn't get too too much uh, that much merit is uh, in this episode we get a fable 
the one with the of the old man and and the, and the bear and the and the fox and and the and the rabbit. Like it's one of the things that I don't think it's too much appreciated about, about the series. Like it, it went out of their way to to use like fables and and analogies and and mythological like tales or or legends to like showcase like to, uh, certain certain lessons that the characters learn or, or that the characters show the traits of those uh, of those uh, of those tales. And I don't think that that gets appreciated enough. Like I the, the tale of the of the fox, the, the rabbit, and the and the and the bear is one of the is one that I've always remembered since watching this episode when I was young. Yeah, like, yeah, I'll joke inside that that is kind of in fact, impactful and you do get, like, you know, the way that Shiru just doesn't even finish it and he makes, he just tells him, like, like this is what the, the bunny had only one choice. And I was like, oh, oh. And, like, all joking aside, like, it is kind of like, it does, like, it sinks in, it's like, oh, shit. Like, he, like, you know, he sort like, he sacrificed, the bunny sacrificed himself for for him as food and it's like, holy shit. It's kind of heavy. And again, this, this goes back to what we're saying. It's like, it tells you, this goes back to the discussion of Buddhism that we said, that it takes, that you can tell the amount of like research that Kuromata had. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure this, I'm, I, I, you're going to tell me that. And I'm pretty sure this was an anime only thing, but even then you can tell that the, the they wanted to keep the spirit of that by going into stuff like like stories like that and using it in the, in the story, in this format to, to emphasize more the point of what's going on. Yeah. Um, Definitely. But by the way, uh, I, I wanted to ask you: How do Seiyan, like, how do Seiyan and Shiryu react to to when Shun, like, they they feel the explosion of the cosmos and they realize what he's doing? They immediately like try to run back to the temple, uh, yeah. to to the library temple, right? Because here's a a bit of trivia that I'd like to add to the conversation. Remember when I was mentioning like um, Shun's weakness being his own nobility? In the manga, that's actually this is the moment that, that that's actually something that uh, doesn't get uh, mentioned too much. But even his companions, uh, probably Hyoga as well, even though it's never stated. But Sei and Shiryu specifically is, is mentioned something very interesting. If if I may, they say like when they realize what he's about to do by sacrificing himself, uh, Shiryu says, "I, I uh, however." When this battle is over, I won't allow him to wear that cloth again. I think that uh, I know he's a saint, but he is not made to fight. Uh, whoever his opponent may be, he it's impossible for, for him to hurt anybody else. He's too noble. And then Seiya replies, yeah, I think so too. Uh, but you, uh, if your theory is correct, and then they talk about the, the fable. Like even Seiya and, and Shiryu did, they kind of underestimated Chun in that regard because the, his nature, like they they know he, he's way too noble to to be a fighter. Yeah, yeah. Um, Comrade Fred, do you have any thoughts in general about this episode? Again? There's two things that I appreciated about this episode. The first one, um, which is something that got brought up. Oh my goodness, it's been we. It's been so long since we've been on the original series. I can't remember. It got brought up in one fight very briefly, but Milo kind of drives it home here that just because Seiya knows how to use the seventh sense doesn't mean that he knows how to use it consistently or the best usage of it. Like he's just figured out how to do it. And it was kind of a fluke the first couple of times. Now he can do it if he really, really tries, but he's still nowhere near a gold saint level. And I think that's a really important distinction that just because he's had these flashes of intense power, he still doesn't know how to control them yet. And that's kind of the main 
I would say that's the other than Saban Sayori, that's the main overarching plot of this story arc is that they need to learn how to use the seventh sense or they're gonna die. So Seiya has Seiya and a couple of the the Bronze Knights have used it, but none of them know how to use it willingly, which I think is a really cool distinction because in so many shows, people unlock the new power and bam, they instantly are you know experts and can use the new technique or can use the new weapon or whatever item it is that they've gotten power ability and it's instantly just part of their everyday routine now but i'm looking show, at you i'm looking at you akira toriyama mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but but with this show uh yeah like they they i mean again we have to remember that this all happens within 12 hours so it's still kind of fantastical for him to get that much of a grip on the power in the span of 12 hours but at least with it being spread out with so many episodes in between it really hammers home the feeling that he's not instantly becoming you know this super powerful being the other thing that i like is that this uh we finally have gotten except for iki we've gotten the team back together one of the things that i remember really liking that i didn't like i remember liking as a kid that i had i didn't like as much as an adult is them being split up um very early in this arc as we saw you know when we watched through it they get separated and like in the gemini house and then you know hyoga's over here and shun's over here shiryu is back there they're finally all together with this fight and it kind of changes the tone of some of the upcoming fights and i feel like makes them much more memorable because they're kind of for the most part struggling through this as a unit again which is it feels really nice to have that because like i said at the beginning of this episode the show is all about friendship and if we've we've had glimpses of that especially with them being concerned with like Kyoga's cosmo burning out and then shun's cosmo burning out and they can feel it but they have to keep pushing forward and they they don't have time to cry for their friends right now but it feels so much better to see all four of them back together and yes shun is still like unconscious right now but at least they're all in the same room together for the first time in a very long time in this show and it, it just it feels good again and i i'm glad that we got to end on this even though in the context of the show it's a very dire moment as a fan it's like the culmination of a lot of story threads that have been happening for the past like 13 or so episodes so it was it was just good to see them all together again but that was my takeaway all right yeah i thought it was a fantastic like you know the weird um i, I do appreciate the fact it's like you know I've, you know it's one of the things where it's like i don't really like when they do flashbacks constantly but i do appreciate the fact that it's like this was a kind of a shorter flashback it does show like like what like you know the true power of Shun and like it is something that you should, like emphasize a lot more. And this whole you know fight was incredible. Like it only gets even better as we get into these next couple episodes. Like I said, this is like it's like top ten, top five fights of, of the series in my opinion, just because like it's so intense and like like the way that the, the way that these two just go at it. It's like it's a, like the bloodiest. In my opinion, it's the bloodiest fight in the entire series. In my opinion, like we just start getting into the knitting gritty of this, this entire ep- of this entire fight, and it's a, it's a great like I guess like make us like make us said it's a great way of showing displaying the power of Milo himself. And like I said, I, I may have like I may, I wasn't trying to dog it. I just kind of realized what it was that what was going on. But I'm starting to realize it was a formula. Regardless, it's really it's a really cool fight and really cool to see Milo being like this complete and badass. And like he is one of, he is like my top favorite character as well. You know, for different for various other reasons, but like he, like we get to see a little bit more like his fighting ability and what he can do, and like you know, 
I cannot wait to to see more of this when we like to see. No, actually, no. We can still, we can still squeeze this. In. But is there any final thoughts you guys want to bring up about this block of ep- uh, this episode? Any block of episodes that we talked before? Anything else in general? Mm, not not um, too much to add to that. Just that this this block was fantastic, and it always makes it accelerates my heart to see Mila in action. <laughs> uh, Furry, any other any any other thing you want to bring up? Um, all I'm gonna say is that Benhas, you think you're so cool being a Scorpio? <laughs> I'm a Gemini. We're literally the main villain. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at me. I'm, I, just, I got whole, I'm the Sagittarius. The whole weird brother thing that lasts for a little while in another arc. Like you know, we're really important. Just so you know. Hey, well, don't look at don't look at me. You I'm are. Just, can I'm I, just, can, just, canonically, Gemini are the most powerful of the Gold Saints, and it's it's stated in the story. Well, don't look at me. I'm the, I'm the Sagittarius in the house, so it's like I I'm very important. Also, wow. are you half horse? Maybe the, the, depending on the <laughs> depending on the day depending on the depending on the on the day. <laughs> are you are have you I, seen a Gestalt of Sagittarius, the the night of the 18th century? Um, I'll I'll post a picture later. <laughs> don't tell don't tell don't tell me don't tell me don't tell me he has like both things of like uh, don't tell, don't tell me he's a pen. He actually has like um oh my god. Oh, you search for him? <laughs> I just did a Google. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Let me post it so that uh, Furry can see this. Yeah! Oh my I'm god! Like, this is I'm awesome. Scared now. This is awesome. I love this. This is so stupid, but it's so awesome. <laughs> Why is he a horse? There is, there is a reason, but I don't want to spoil it. Let's yeah, just well, leave it at that for now. We, we we got time. We got time. We got time. <laughs> but I do want to say I do want to bring up a few a few, a few extra things just before we go. One, again, we're halfway through the we're halfway through the anime, yeah, the original anime, so yay. And two, we're actually at the point right now. If you've been watching the, the if you were watching the CGI series, this is where the CGI series t- technically ended. Like, like at this point, if you were oh, yeah. to if you were to watch if you're like go to those CGI series and still waiting for the next season, which I hope they announce something soon about it, if you're that desperate. Watch episode 59 and 60, and that should give you an idea. And if I'm 59 onwards, and that should give you an idea where we should be going next. So it's interesting to see where we are going with the series and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's an impactful, it's been a great episode to do with you guys. We're running we're kind of along here, but we had a lot of great discussions, especially the LBTQ plus things. I'm not afraid. Thanks a lot for your input on all that stuff. You're always, your input is always appreciated. Same with you, Bankhouse, your, your, your input on, on like knowledge and, and, uh, background and also giving us like like you know facts about like how things were kind of out from the manga and the anime really does help a lot of, help out a lot a lot on this so i can't stress it enough that you that you're an asset to the show that both of you guys are, are really good assets giving your guys point of view so regardless we have to go uh comrade furry do you have anything you'd like to promote um just for right now um just because of my of everything going on in my personal life for right now i'm just going to promote sailor moon says and um my my uh twitter and instagram um just because with ancient anime a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes trying to figure out what the next the next era of ancient anime is going to look like um after some some um short fallings here but anyway that's not what we're here to talk about you can find me on instagram and on twitter at common writer furry on instagram i actually have been much more active on there lately um posting my collectibles i what I've decided to do is when I'm bored, um, 
throughout the day or on certain days, I'll just look at my shelves. And if I see something that looks interesting, I'll make that the highlight of a post. So eventually, years down the line, you guys will see probably everything in my collection room. But for now, I've got hundreds of random anime and dolls and all kinds of stuff just sitting around waiting to be photographed. You can um on my on my Twitter though is mostly just me trolling and you know being a generally um strange human being, if you would even call me a human being. Um, but yeah, the, you can get to know me there uh, and follow me and all that kind of stuff. And then um, I'm sure that Ramses will get more into it. But we do have a Sailor Moon podcast that we've mentioned a few times throughout this episode. Sailor Moon says that I would love for you guys to go check out because it is starting to ramp up and um, we're really getting into the groove with it. I'm really excited. Thanks. Do you have anything you would like to promote? Uh, yeah, you can uh, follow me at my social media. I am most actively on my Twitter account, which is at uh, MexicanGeek502. I retweet and post uh, quite a few Sensei-related things, uh, fan arts, uh, in, in, uh, screenshots, uh, some information about the manga. So I, I pull interesting. I uh, <clears throat> I post interesting stuff there from time to time. Also, I have a uh, in, in my Twitter. It's the link to my Instagram account. Uh, currently, I've only have one illustration, but I'm working on another one. It's just it's such a pain in the ass to color it. But I'm on my way there. It's almost finished. It's like, I think maybe two weeks. <laughs> finally be able to finish it but uh, yeah i'll also be posting illustrations there and i've been saying this since last year but i am working on something it's just that other stuff irl as well as other stuff uh, as other projects and it just my leisure time have prevented me to to dedicate it as much time as i would like but i am working on something so stay uh, stay tuned for that when once it's uh, closer to completion so i can finally say what the hell it is all right sounds good um Okay, I brought up brought up a few things. We brought up um ancient he brought up um Sailor Moon says as a podcast dedicated to the deep dub of Sailor Moon. Uh, weird weird but fun dub. I, that's all I gotta say. It's a weird but fun dub you've never seen before. It's a it's an interesting dub and we're uh, we're ramping up with things. So we finally got through we finally got the gray and we got to see a lot more of the stuff we can do and stuff like that. And we're having a lot more fascinating discussion. Like we like I said, we had a discussion about um booty we had a discussion of Taoism in um not Shintoism in the in the following in the in this episode. So like so we had the discussion of Buddhism in the in the in the episode in this episode. If you wanna follow up more with that, there we can you can listen to that as well. Um I also host another another podcast called uh, Saturday Morning Squadron. Uh, we're kind of on a weird sporadic time right now because Rob is still kind of like weird right now with work. So it's, it's kind of hard for him to pin down and do an episode. So it's one of those things where it's like pay attention to your feed. If there's a new episode, that's when they, that's when we're going to get a new episode. We did actually record uh, an episode. We the first half of the episode is just us talking about the news. And then second half, we're talking about pro wrestling with uh, with um, Comey and Stan. So if you're into the wrestling... <laughs> If you're in a, if you're into the wrestling, check, definitely check it out because like it was a really fun discussion, especially like being Sam. Like, oh my god, you remember this match? Yeah. How about you, Comey? When you remember that match? Yeah. It was, it was, it was like I don't know if you guys remember the skit from Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live, um, the Chris Farley show. He's like, you remember telling you this? That was awesome. That was awesome. That was that was us throughout the episode. <laughs> that was us. Like, oh, you remember, remember Tom Kenny Omega did this? I was like, yeah. You remember that too? Yeah. Yeah. That was us. <laughs> I like wrestling, guys. But regardless, guys. <laughs> regardless, guys. I was I really love doing this. I really love doing this. I'm sorry for not posting this episode last week, uh, last time. But well, again, we're gonna, we're ramping up things, and we're like the new computers working very well. So 
be on the lookout for more things coming down down the pipe as well. With that said, everybody, we have to go for Power Rider Furry for Ben Cuss. I am Ramses, and I'm here to tell you all to keep bringing that cosmos. I will see you all next episode. Bye. 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 -bye.